If you're watching this later on on YouTube and you're wondering how you could join us live, you need to go over to Utreon, which is U-T-R-E-O-N, and look for the Who Moved My Freedom podcast or WMMF podcast. That's the way you find us and join us live and you would be able to contribute to this whole thing. If you want to know, we're doing it so I could like pick up guns while I'm live, which, you know, uh, YouTube does not allow us to do. All right. That being said, I will load my guests up in here and uh, I'm going to hit the button and we're just going to get this kicked off. It's going to be a great conversation. Let's get it going here. Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation, Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Franklin Armory. Franklin Armory provides 100% U.S.-made firearms and awesome binary option triggers. Their focus and purpose is to provide freedom tools to all Americans, especially those in not-so-free states. So when you're in the market, please consider Franklin Armory. All right, here we go. Let's let's get Paul in there. There he goes, Paul Glasgow. All right, we are live, guys. Paul, I don't know if you remember this. It's been a while. We do jazz hands. We're taking it back from the terrorists. There you go. Gosh, do you even you, remember man. that, man? Do you remember yeah, I that? Do. Yeah, we are live. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. This is episode 903 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. So that's 903. That means we have 97 bottles of beer left on the wall before we hit a thousand episodes and uh you know i'm just gonna claim like i'm probably gonna be the first 2a oriented podcaster to hit a thousand episodes so um and as you know as the subject tonight our guest is paul glasgow of legally armed america and the author of this book that we're going to spend some time talking about here how to make a monster and why no one cares and the subtitle to that is a sensible look at the rampage killers so paul what's up man welcome back to the show How's thanks it going, man brother? i appreciate the invite uh i will say this real quick i'll expect an invite back for the 1000th episode like a big celebration so i'll wait for that invite oh absolutely <laughs> yeah, we'll love to have you man when was that dude what how i don't even know what podcast number that was it was i know it was a while ago um it seems almost like a lifetime yeah it's a good while yeah yeah uh, yeah we've yeah. actually run into each other several times since then Yes, absolutely. You know, I remember this. I remember you had a Jeep, and at some point in that show, I think you actually went outside to the Jeep if you weren't doing it. From okay. Outside. Were you yeah, doing it from That's outside? been at least probably two to three years ago because yeah, I've had an F 150 since I got rid of my Jeep, and now I'm in a Bronco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bronco. Oh, Bronco. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Well, let's. We, if you wanted to, we could talk about it now, but Broncos, man. <laughs> well, mine hasn't left me on the side of the road yet. I've, I've read in certain groups where some mm -hmm. people haven't had the best luck with it. Oh, okay. And you have two-door, four-door? I have the two-door. Okay. Um, I'll see if I can get it. Yeah, I know. It's decent to your... Let's see. Yeah, I know you have, yeah. um, you have a YouTube channel about that, right? Yeah, I started it, and it's, uh, you know, first you've tried to encourage me to spend a little more time on it. Unfortunately, I haven't. Um, but I have spent, uh, here's a good picture of it. Mm -hmm. This is it sitting in front of, uh, this was pretty unusual, at the NRA show last week. These idiots valet it right in front where all the, uh, oh no, <laughs> where all the protesters could pass right next to it. So, right. Uh, 
it didn't get messed up. So I was lucky enough that it uh does it, <laughs> it have, lasted through Yeah, does it have legally armed America on it? It does. It's <laughs> even got like in the logo it's got a little AR fifteen that's sitting vertical. Nice. So it was probably not the best thing to sit on the street corner, but yeah. Make. Like egg this vehicle right here. You wanna you wanna exactly. burn something, overturn it, and get your vengeance. Well, I think the, the guys at the valley told me that they that they'd like to park some of the different vehicles out front, but also mm-hmm. I have a cargo rack on top of it, and they felt like that rack might not clear the uh, underground garage. So oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, I don't wish it on you, but, you know, if if they did it, I think that would make a good video for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> for, the, for the channel. Yeah. You're like, let's right. see how this Bronco survived. That's yeah. right. Downtown An angry Houston mob. with the riots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how, so you were at NRA. You want to tell the folks, how, how, what's your NRA experience this year at NRAM? Well, you know, I think we all have different feelings about the NRA. Um, I don't hate on other organizations. Uh, I'm the state director for Gunners of America for Louisiana. So, I tried to be as inclusive as I can because I don't think any one organization can manage the onslaught of the anti-gun movement out there all by themselves. Yep. But at the same time, I think we all know most mm-hmm. of us are awake, recognize the problems with the NRA. So mm-hmm. with that being said, that's a totally another topic. Mm-hmm. However, the show itself, I felt like there were more people there than I expected because let's remember we're probably Houston is a good three, maybe four hours from Uvalde. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that was going to be a weird air. Yeah. And I didn't feel like it affected it that much, to be honest with you. I mean, have you ever been traffic- to, you? have you, did you ever go to Uvalde to like, uh, oh, yeah. like drive tanks and all, yep. all that kind of stuff? Okay. Been there a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Uvalde, what you've been there, it's 15,000 people. It's tiny, you know, there's not yeah, a lot of people there. Yeah. It was, yeah. I have no complaints about the town and, it really sucks that that happened to those people there. And the worst thing in your life that could happen to you is lose your children as a human Absolutely. being. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah. And when I, when I heard, when I heard about that thing, um, I, I had, I did go through Texas. I didn't go there, but I did go through Texas and I was on the way back from uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. And I heard about that. And it's like, it's heartbreaking to hear those kinds of, Kinds yeah, of it is. Things I happen. mean, we all, any of us that have kids, we always put ourselves in the same position. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that was tough. So, yeah. but other than that, NRA seemed to be uh, pretty well traveled. I mean, I met people, I was at the Rock Island Armory booth signing copies of the book, and there were people from Florida that flew in just to come to the show. Yeah. Um, Arizona, mm-hmm. California, yeah, Oregon. Yeah. So it was well traveled. Yeah. I thought a lot of people but, still came, you know. Yeah. Um, my and friend locals. Rod Mills. There were a lot of locals. Yeah, Rod Mills was there. I don't know if you know Rod Mills or not. Mm, I don't. Yeah, um, he's he he's from from uh, Jacksonville, and he was out there at okay. the show. So maybe one of, one of these days I'll have to introduce you guys. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I we were talking about this a little bit behind the scenes, and I do. You know, one of the things I like a lot of stuff about GOA. One of the things I like is the policy that they have of not going after other. Um, you know, two A organizations, which I think is a is a positive. It's a positive policy to have because you know we have a lot of problems, right? So the organization specifically spending time hating on each other does is not helpful, you know. Right. Um, and then there's plenty of folks like me who you know 
who spend time going after one thing or another. I, I, I try to not live my life being a super hateful person. But in general, I'm, I'm really a fan of going to the to NRAM in the sense of meeting the folks out there. You know, yeah. the people who support me, they support you, they support all of us who are out here, you know, in our own ways fighting for the Second Amendment. There's nothing more powerful than actually meeting those people in person and then connecting, like plugging into them, you know, just like you see the folks who, who support you. And even if this is getting tiring or whatever it is, they, they recharge you. Um, it's an incredibly important thing. So I don't know if you feel yeah. that way. No, I mean, being able to connect with a lot of those people, because I think that you do, you know, you're a lot of your live streaming and typically I'll do a, a, a seven o'clock live stream on a Friday evening. And I get a lot out of just that, um, mm -hmm. just the interaction <clears throat> with the people, uh, the people who are being able to go on there, make mm -hmm. comments. A lot of times I'm able to to really talk to them through that live interaction at the time, but mm -hmm. I'll go back and watch the live stream and it's interesting to me to see that interaction even between the, the audience. Mm -hmm. So even that slight bit of connection with them is fun to me, but to be able to, you know, visit with these people. And in, in a lot of cases this weekend, see, see their families, visit their families. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they bring their kids with them and to see these people who are trying to teach their kids about various things the right way. Um, I had a lady come in there who already copied my book and she just wanted to meet me. And it was pretty interesting to me. She has a 15-year-old daughter. And she said after she read the book, she didn't realize really what the book was about. And once she read it, she mm -hmm. gave it to her daughter and said, you need to read this. So that mm -hmm. made me feel good that she saw the value in that to give to her teenage yeah. daughter to mm -hmm. read it and learn a few things from. Yeah, absolutely. There's Look, at the uh, I saw you at the gathering. That was the last time I, I saw you in person. Even that, you know, in through the years, I think Lola, let me see if I can run back here. Lola said episode 219, July 2018. Wow. <laughs> Good. Yeah, four years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you've always been, like, positive, but... Uh, Obviously, Lola and I have seen you. We've run into each other in lots of different places. You've always been a, like a positive influence. And seeing you at the gathering, we spent a lot of time even talking. None of that which is on camera or anything like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure we took pictures somewhere. But, you know, that always helps, man, just to see folks like yourself, you know, and to see you in general, just us talking about life and stuff like that. This, I think human beings really need this kind of stuff. Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't think we're always trying to sell. I'm not a good salesperson. Mm -hmm. I can talk about guns. I can talk about my book because it's passionate, uh, a passionate thing for me. But as mm -hmm. far as selling and always being on the sell, man, mm -hmm. I don't have any background of sales. So mm -hmm. um, if I if my job was selling stuff or trying to sell myself, <laughs> I, I'd be broke, man. I'd be in a cardboard box. I, I can't do it. But if it's a topic or a subject, family, mm -hmm. anything like that, I enjoy that conversation. So, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, being off camera, I, I prefer that. Being on camera, eh, whatever. But the behind-the-scenes mm -hmm. stuff is where you really get to know people and all that. That uh, Because some people are kind of acting, you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's it's more fun to kind of get off camera and learn a little bit about some of our colleagues in the business. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I don't know if it's always, like, even in a bad way. Like, we're just not typically not the same 
off camera as we are on camera. I think right. you know the the folks who who have gotten really good at doing this, and and I try to work on that. I strive to be you know the same person on camera as off camera, but it's not easy. I always tell no. people it's it's easier for you to stand naked in front of a crowd of people than to be yourself when those cameras go on. Yeah, you know. So, but I try yeah. to do it. Um, yeah, but you know there's it it is good to actually like interface with people and see like hey this is like a genuine person who cares about mm -hmm. this and uh i think for people out there may not realize it but i know it's very powerful for those of us who create who get in front of a camera and put these things out there just like it's powerful for folks to watch us and that does something for us i think it's very powerful to actually interface with those people in reality it does the the it's like the energy is going both ways in that situation if that makes any sense uh yeah and i yeah. think in mm -hmm. general um mm -hmm. and i'm not trying to pretend like yeah. we're um celebrities but i think in general people who are following whether it be a band mm -hmm. um, a celebrity uh, a gun guy i think whenever they can connect with them it makes things so much more personal Mm -hmm. And they, they just feel like you've given them something back. And I, I will say this. I mentioned this to a guy that I was having lunch with today. Um, I've just never been in – I've never been comfortable with somebody coming up to me going, hey, man, I like your videos. Not that I don't want that, but it's – I guess it's from a humbling background that I have. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten in the habit where I get a bunch of decals, um, patches, caps, T-shirts. I always have a bag of something with me. Because mm -hmm. I feel like that makes it's more comfortable for me when somebody approaches me and says, hey, man, I love your videos. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. It gives me a chance to feel like I'm not being awkward about it. Because right. I think whenever you're awkward about it, it makes you look kind of like a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you're blowing them off. And yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's just yeah. a, a feeling that I'm not used to being in. So mm -hmm. that's my way of making sure they leave there with something and they know that mm -hmm. I did appreciate that, that I didn't Absolutely. come off the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like this thing that we're doing even even like what we're doing right now you know we're connecting to the universe is the way i feel about it almost like a battery you know we're connecting to the universe out there but it's not a abstract thing it's it's human beings it's people and and we feed off of each other's energy and absolutely yeah. that should be a, a two-way street sometimes i get in trouble with lola because i meet people and then I talk too much, and she's like, seriously, we, we, you know, we got to go do something, or, you know, there's, there's stuff to do. But I don't know, man. It's, I, I really do enjoy, you know, it, this is kind of a weird thing. I feel, I tell people I'm very introverted, and I really don't spend that much time around people, and no one believes me. <laughs> yeah. You know what? A lot of creators are like that, though. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who put content out there are way more comfortable putting the content out there being on camera and hundreds of thousands of people watching them than they are if they just went and did a public speaking or something like that. Or they're not, they're mm -hmm. not, you know, uh, social butterflies, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so you see a lot of that. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, sometimes I go places and people want me to get up there and speak and believe it or not, even though I'm a dude who runs my mouth and I talk too much, I really don't want to do that. I would rather go up there and have people ask me questions and answer it. Right. Because, yeah, I, like the speechifying is not really my thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Cruise, Cruise Man wants to know what year NRAM was in Atlanta. He says that's when I met him for the first time. And shout out to Boss Hog and everyone else watching this. If you guys are watching this, hit the arrow ups that are under the title of this video. 
you know, that helps us somewhat here on uh, on the Utreon. I don't know. We I think we were talking about Utreon. Are you you don't have a Utreon channel yet? No, right? no, I'm not okay. aware of it. Yeah. Um, well, that's this channel that you're on right now, and yeah. it kind of works like YouTube and uh, Patreon. And they will pull your like if you sign up with them, they'll actually pull all your stuff over from YouTube. But you can go live on it. They don't have restrictions. People can also subscribe to you. Uh, there's a lot of cool things going on, and the folks okay. over there actually talk to us because mm. they're interested in this. Um, I I met them through John Crump and Flying Rich, who met them at the Iraq Veteran event a few years ago. So okay, you know they're they're, they're the company is actually in Canada, but you know they're they're trying to do their thing. So yeah, that's good. I'll have to check them out. I'll, I'll go create an account, pull yeah. all my stuff over there too. Yeah, absolutely. And if you need any info, like ways to connect with them. Um, let me or Lola know, and we'll we'll absolutely share that info with you. Okay. Um, let's see here. Let's see. I'm trying to look and see what kind of time we have left here in, in this particular segment, as everyone knows. And if you guys have specific questions for Paul, if it has to do with, like, Legally Armed America, if it has to do with the book, we're going to talk about that, or anything else that's going on, or just gener uh, questions in general that you want to ask him. I guess if you want to ask him stuff about Broncos, he'll probably answer it. <laughs> probably knows a lot about Broncos, you know, yeah. having, having uh, had to deal with that for a long time, you know? Um, yeah. Am I still, Oh, you know what? My camera no. went out there for a second. I had yeah. To go to thank you. There you are. Yeah. Back. I had to go to a different camera. Um, yeah. I don't know. My battery might be running down in the van, man. I don't know. So, yeah, so tell us about the book. Give us like a you know a quick synopsis of the book, how you started writing it, all that stuff. Um, the book is a book on rampage killers. I call them rampage killers because I think that's a more appropriate term. Um, the media and everybody else likes to use school shooters, uh, mass shooters. Um, I don't like to use those terms if I can help it. I'll slip up sometimes and say that. Because I feel like it's a, it's kind of an indirect way that they're trying to get a negative stigma against guns by including the word shooter anytime a bunch of people are killed. Um, so that's why I try to stay away from it. But it's essentially I was doing work on a uh, video three, four, five years ago, and it, well, it was 2017 because it was right after Parkland, and I was like, man, there's got to be commonalities amongst all these killers because they all seem from the high level view that they have some of the very similar uh, traits and you always hear, yeah, I saw this about them. Oh, that was kind of weird. And we always hear the same weird stuff about these guys. So I was like, man, there's gotta be commonalities. How come people are not talking about the commonalities? So just for that video at that time, I began to do a little bit of research and I didn't know where I was going with it. I said, kind of things that are common. And what I found was, and I, I believe I did this little graphic. I'm going to try to find it in the book real quick. I believe this graphic, I drew it on a dry erase board because there were three things that every single one of them had. There it is right there. And this is the only illustration in the book mm -hmm. that they all were bullied. They all came from broken homes and they were all on psychotropic drugs. So I I did the video back then and it's, it's an old video in my other studio, but the topic intrigued me. So I really started doing a deeper dive. Next thing you know, I'm buying the DSM dash five book that psychologists use 
I'm mm-hmm. buying uh, medical journals. I mean, yeah, I've you got really a stack get of books into it. high. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, yeah. you start going down the rabbit hole and things start pointing to other things and you're like, well, this is like right in our face. And I don't have a medical background. So I'm thinking to myself, are these people purposely not researching this stuff? Then it really starts to look suspect because people are not who are in those fields are not researching what's happening, especially in the pharmaceutical fields. Um, so, I, and I'm really careful not to imply in any kind of way that a person who's bullied or a person from a broken home or a person on any medication, obviously they're not all going to be, you know, mass shooters, school shooters or whatever. But what the thing that is overwhelming is that all the shooters do have those three things in common. So again, not all, not everybody that has those three things becomes a rampage killer, but all the rampage kill rampage killers do have those three things. So it's right. pretty eye-opening to me. And I do offer a lot of solutions in the book too. It's not just me complaining. And there are 254 footnotes in this book. So it's not my opinion. I researched. Right. Absolutely. And one of the things, and I'm not all the way through it, you know, um, however, what I like about your approach to it, it's a very business-like approach, you know, um, that's, there, there's a, I forgot the exact name of the method that you're using that comes out of uh, business, but I've, I've seen that happen in uh, the auto industry. When there's a problem, you ask, uh, like, you ask five times why, right? Do you want to explain that yes. a little bit? Walther Arms has been making concealed carry handguns for over 90 years, starting with the PPK. Today, Walther is based in the good old US of A and still builds quality firearms like the PPQ and PDP for personal defense and competition. So when you're in the market, please consider Walther Arms. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Walther Arms. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. What, what, what I was asking you is about the method of asking why five times. And I know I was talking to someone in the auto industry that told me this is one of the ways that they deal with problems, right? And I think we, we need to actually like realize that there's a problem here, try to figure out why and do something about that instead of just using vitriol. So, you know, you want to explain that a little? Yeah, I, this was something that I, and I kind of prefaced it in the book. I used to work for a Fortune 500 company and we were one of those companies that wasted a ton of money on workshops and stupid things. One of the only workshops I ever got anything out of was one on root cause analysis. And it was so interesting to me because it was so stupidly simple. And it was the five whys. And I'm just looking at that chapter right now. It says, when determining the root cause analysis of a problem, we look for events or causal factors that contribute to the creation of the overall problem. Um, and basically, I, I put in, there was a, let me see if I can find it real quick, like without reading the book. Okay, This is an example that I put so your viewers will understand this. Mm-hmm. If your teenager is continuously wrecking all the family cars, taking the teen's own car away from them may serve as pum- punishment for their actions, but it certainly doesn't identify nor prevent them from wrecking a car again. Obviously, you correlate that to guns, you know, taking the guns away changes nothing. So if you apply the five whys to the teenager wrecking the car, it's very simple. The first why is, why is your car dented? The teen answers, I ran into a utility pole. The second why is, why did you run into a utility pole? The answer is, because I never saw it. The third why is, why didn't you see it? The answer is, because my vision is blurry. 
Fourth answer, uh, fourth question is, why is your vision blurry? Maybe, excuse me, maybe because I need corrective lenses or glasses. So after four whys, we already know that the car is not the problem. This person has an issue with vision. Now, I'm obviously not implying that there are mass shooters out there that can't see. But using this, I also apply that to guns later on. And it only took three whys to a mass shooter to realize that the gun wasn't the problem. Um, I, I think, and I, and I don't have that one pulled up, but it's something mm -hmm. along the lines of, why did you shoot somebody? Because I was mad. Why were you mad? Because I'm depressed and I'm, you know, whatever reason, there was something else. It was never anything related to the gun. Nobody has ever said I shot somebody because I had a gun. That's never been the answer. So those five whys are very easy to help identify what your problems are. And you're right. This all originated from the automobile industry whenever, I don't know, a part broke on a car. And they said, right. well, you know, they would use those five whys to back up and find why they had not replaced that part or why was that part continuing to break? Were they, was that a wrong angle or something like that when they were cranking windows down back when you crank windows down? Just uh, uh, that's the philosophy that where it came from. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out the camera stuff in the background, man. So that's why I'm uh, trying. I, I see yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really crazy over here. The van, all the lights and everything have kicked out, but I'm, I'm still, I'm running on like emergency stuff, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of questions in here that maybe, I don't know if you could see the chat or not. Um, I can't, you can't, but I can't. Okay. Where do I go? I'll pull it up. Well, yeah, well, I sent you a link of where you can go to Utreon, and uh, but right, you'd have gotcha. to pull up a different. Don't don't worry about it. Uh, Armament and Axis. Pull it up on my phone. Yeah, Armament and Axis says, does anyone find it kind of convenient for the gun grabbing liberal that there have been so many shootings such as uh, in such a short time span? And um, then also Brian Quick says, how do we know they were bullied? How is bullied defined? Was the Pulse nightclub attacker bullied? Uh, he was known to the FBI, if you want to take that. I think I talked briefly on the uh, Pulse nightclub shooter in here. And the reason why I didn't include him as one of the main topics, because I have a, quote, honorable mention section in here. And I'm pretty sure he's in there. The one thing that I could not identify about him, I want to say he was, he, he was from a broken home. His dad had ideas that he was, uh, I don't know, had homosexual tendencies or something like that. And the uh, Muslim family that he came from, the background that he came from, of course, they frowned on that. So his dad was really ostracized him on that. Um, I believe he was on a medication too, but that was something that I couldn't confirm. The, the problem that I ran into with this book, and this is probably why not a lot of people talk about the over-medicating, and, and I'm careful to use the term over-medicating because I'm not implying that medicating is a bad thing. It's over-medicating that's a bad thing. But the issue that I ran into, and it's one of them in the Cho case with Virginia Tech, is that we know he was on psychotropic drugs because – he said it openly before he uh, had his shooting and friends and relatives made the comments that he was going to doctors and receiving medication. However, the pharmaceutical industry paid a lot of money to cover up and keep those records sealed so that we can't know for sure mm -hmm. what medication he was on and what, you know, how long he was on. We know he was firm that. So right. I still put him in here knowing that there was, uh, testimony that he was on drugs. Is that so? That's because that. of HIPAA. That's because of HIPAA laws and all that stuff. Well, that HIPAA laws kind of go out the window once okay. the person is already dead and they've committed a crime like okay. that. Mm -hmm. But it's 
they convince law enforcement to seal those records so that they never get out. So there's not confirmation of what specific drug, because mm -hmm. one company is making that. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to essentially cover that up because if you, again, all of them are on these drugs and they're all yeah. black box warning drugs that have right. super high warnings on them for use. Right. It's a weird, I think it's a weird thing, um, happening in America since, uh, I mean, it's been going on for a long time, but I think the biggest thing I remember in terms of these like uh, rampage killings, as you, as you say, right, is Vegas. This this guy in Vegas, um, they 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 just basically closed the case on everything. They and they're like, yeah, we don't yeah. know, we don't know what happened, but we're sealing everything. It's a weird Dude. thing happening. You would think if this was such a horrible thing that happened to everyone, we would do everything in our powers to run that down, right? You bring up a great point about the Las Vegas shooting. That was one that I so desperately wanted to include in here as one of the main chapters because there's so much mystique around that one. But that information is guarded. Man, mm -hmm. that is the hardest one out of all of these to uncover any information. It is nearly impossible to get any information than what came out within days or maybe even weeks right after the shooting. Anything past that? There's nothing else that comes out. You typically mm -hmm. see, I don't know, video coming in from another closed circuit or something like that. Not now. That mm -hmm. particular one is probably the most mysterious one out of all of them because they have hidden and, and there's no lawsuits other than other than the mm -hmm. casinos. Uh, people right. are still going to sue, sue the casinos. So that maybe that's why they're guarding all of this information. But typically when you see it, heck, I know more about the Uvalde guy than I do about the Las Vegas shooting. And that just happened two weeks ago. Yeah. I, I you know, it's the same thing here with Parkland and I'll be interested to, to get like directly to, to what you know about Parkland. But it's the same thing in Parkland. Basically that, that we haven't even convicted that guy in Parkland yet. You no, know, meanwhile, there's, there's gun control laws, all kinds of stuff in effect in Florida, you know, gun, like red flags. You can't buy anything until you're over 21, just all kinds of nonsense. And we haven't even convicted the guy. Yeah, and those were supposedly pro Second Amendment Republicans who passed all those laws you guys are dealing with over there. Um, uh, yes, yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> they call themselves that. They say that, yeah. And um, yeah. you know, locally, the um, you know, in the in the in the uh, Florida State Senate, the um, the guy who was actually sitting on the committee and could have killed all of these things, uh, in you know, in committee is in Gainesville and when I talk to him he's pretty proud of what he did and it's just outrageous man it's yeah. so frustrating um you know even after all this this time these guys are still proud of what they did we can't get them to undo it we can't even get like a constitutional carry in the state of Florida even though the governor is asking for it there's a lot of weird crazy stuff going on yeah. here I was on a uh panel it was it wasn't necessarily a gun panel but it was um societal panel in Dallas a couple of years ago. And I never will forget talking to a person um, who was questioning me on, on gun things and gun laws and things like that. And they, they asked me that same tired question about why does anyone need 30 round magazines? Mm -hmm. And they started using a lot of testimony from Republican. And that was, it, it really told me a lot about how they think, because they follow blindly whatever politician they feel like they put it in office. 
And mm-hmm. that was their way of telling me that, hey, your people voted for this, so why don't you just agree with it? I'm like, it's just not how we were. You know, <laughs> we, we, we obviously think for ourselves. And there was just some weird stuff that came out of that conversation because I got to see a different side of them behind the scenes that showed me that they are really group thinkers. I mean, the anti-gun movement in general, um, they have no independent thought. When they hear something that doesn't sound right, you know, if I hear something from, quote, my side, I go check it out because if it doesn't sound right, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, what's their source? You know, and a lot of times you can maybe poke holes in it and, and mm-hmm. they, won't, they won't do that. They are going to follow bullet point upon bullet point and repeat the same thing you've heard a million times over. Right, exactly. I, yeah. I did speak to a lady from mm-hmm. your neck of the woods. Uh, she flew her grandmother over there. Her grandmother's much older lady in a wheelchair and she wanted to go to one NRA show. She had never been to any. And this was her like final thing, her bucket list item. Well, we start talking about Parkland and I didn't realize this, I guess for evident, uh, evidence purposes, she said that the school, there's still blood on the concrete, that it's basically just one big giant uh, uh, evidence site right now that mm-hmm. they, I mean, there's yeah. not blood and guts everywhere, but she said there's still blood stains all over the concrete. It's mm-hmm. all roped off and closed off and everything. Yeah. It's weird, though. We have, like, immediately these laws went into effect in a state that's technically a red state, definitely controlled by Republicans. Very quickly, we had these laws go into effect. I mean, they were literally busing uh, school kids up to Tallahassee and mm-hmm. and having them talk to these guys. Uh, I'm sure money and stuff like that was given out to a lot of Republican oh, yeah. uh, Republican Congress, Congress and senators in the state for the state locally and um who knows who knows what what happened in other ways i mean the governor at the time um is it what's his name scott scott Gov- rick scott yeah rick scott i mean he asked for gun control and oh, then, he gave it all up yeah and then got elected to congress yes i agree <laughs> you know and i refuse i refuse to vote for him and he's still out there and it's just yeah. it's just weird crazy thing that just was forced on the on the folks in florida and we're probably going to see this uh or similar things be forced on the people in in uh, texas as well and no no efforts were even taken you know as you're saying right to figure out like what happened here who was this person why did this happen what can we do other than trying to wave an imaginary wand and thinking that that is going to ban guns i know right now folks are saying in the chat that biden is live speaking Mm. um we'll see you guys could tell us what he's saying but try to wave an imaginary wand and ban guns or ban ammo that that's I mean, that's not going to fix anything. No. But how can they do that and they can't even do the basics? Like, figure out what happened, convi- convict this person, you know, figure out, like, what w- what were the things that, that triggered this person? Because what happens if they were able to even... Let, let's say, for example, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you a magical scenario. Let's say they got... Um, I, I don't know, uh, you know... Uh, let's say they got like uh, elves or something like that, right? And they were able to cast a magical spell and get rid of all guns and ammo off of the face of the planet. What is the likelihood that something like this is still going to keep happening? Right. With a bomb or a baseball bat or something like that. Yeah, this kid could have easily waited for these kids to, to you know, be leaving school and drive a vehicle through right. a, 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 
you know, all these kids getting out of school. He could have gone to the school and locked the doors and burned it down. I mean, I, I you know, I hate to think about these things. But there's yeah. a lot of bad things that people could do and hurt our children, which is the most valuable thing. Why are we living in a world where people are just going, to, oh, yeah, you know what we need to do? We need to ban these things and that's going to solve the problem. But no, I don't need to figure out what, what's wrong, what was wrong with that person and see right. if there's a correlation to all the other people and see if there's something connected here to pharmaceuticals, you know, in America or... Uh, you know, the what's happening in the homes and bullying and all the other stuff you talk about in the book. Well, I may, one of my lines in the book is if we're not seeking out the true root cause of any problem, but especially in this case, rampage killers, if we're not seeking out the truth, are we really serious about solving the problem? I don't think that, that they are. Um, I made the comment when we were in the Dallas meeting that, um, you know, when it, right on the heels of something, you know, why are you guys always trying to take advantage of this and seize on an opportunity? You know, we shouldn't be doing these things uh, based on emotion. You shouldn't be passing legislation while uh, people are at a different level of anxiety. And uh, one of the guys there told me something about, um, well, that's the time to do it because that's when we have people's attention. I said, you guys are always trying to pass laws that require a waiting period when somebody wants to buy a gun. I said, what is that waiting period for? And he was like, so you could calm down. You know, if you're mad at something, you know, you, you calm down and you think with a level head, maybe you don't go buy the gun. I was like, how does that same concept not apply to passing laws whenever you're emotional about something? Mm -hmm. Right. This doesn't make sense to me. I mean, they, they never want to. And also the same concept applies. If someone is, for sure, if you and I get into an argument and we're temporarily mad at each other and people say, hey, listen, the two of you guys need to go to your corners over here right if we're if we're in a, if we're reasonable people who don't have a whole bunch of other things uh affecting us more than likely we're gonna go okay you know what man i don't even know right. why i got mad at you it was, everything's good but if one of us which all it takes is one of us to be really a broken person what difference does that make yeah no absolutely yeah I, I, with Biden speaking, I'm so glad I'm on here with you because if not, I would be watching that, and I'm so glad I'm not watching. That. Oh yeah, I can't even. I can't even look at Biden, man. You know, I I feel like it's a. Yeah. And I know this has been going on for a long time. The best way I could describe this is um, while Trump was there, and you know, like I'm a Republican, right? And I voted for Trump both times, and while Trump was in office. Um, I still, when I still had my studio that we did the show from in Gainesville, one of the people that was working in that building had, uh, on his car, he had a bumper sticker that said, if you elect clowns, you get a circus. This was about Trump, right? <laughs> and I thought, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, okay. Right. Where'd I mean, you get that? <laughs> yeah, if this, if this is true and if this is real, that sword cuts both ways. Well, yep. I mean... It's like we're only going to get clowns. Dude. We're only so going bad. to get clowns. Yep. And I'm not a fan today. I don't I don't I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I hate Trump because I don't, right? Um and I don't believe a lot of the stuff about him. I grew up in New York City. I've uh like everyone else who lived in New York City, uh you you've you've probably dealt with someone in the Trump family. But so I don't have a hate or whatever for Trump. But Trump didn't do good things for the Second Amendment when he was president for four years. Right. 
Right. I don't even understand why, you know, the NRA, other than they're just like totally zombies and, you know, deaf, dumb and blind to to everything that's happening. Like, why did they have on the president who literally made uh, plastic bump stocks into machine guns, which opened the door for the ATF to do all the nonsense that they're doing now? Why did they invite yeah. that guy to come up and speak to people who believe in the Second Amendment? Right. You know? Right. Well, I think he got a lot of his um, gun knowledge from people at the NRA because the NRA was never shy about the fact that they never backed bump stocks. I mean, they were mm -hmm. right there with Trump, uh, not caring if they got banned or whatever. But I, I, I've often said that, and I voted for Trump twice too, uh, by the way, just to let you know. Um, I've looked at Trump, he did so much good policy-wise for the for the uh, the country, and I truly believe that. I mean, Econ Economy-wise, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. the economy was good. I feel like he cared for the country. Um, I think anybody that gets in politics at that level has a certain level of corruption too. So, I, I mean, I'm I'm not the uh, he's not the savior. I don't look at him like that. But policy-wise, that as far as the economy, we haven't had an economy that strong in a very long time. But I just really had problems with how he looked at the gun stuff. And I, I equated it to this. The guy, most guys have egos, all right? Mm -hmm. I know the guy loved the stroke mm -hmm. he would get with egos. Mm -hmm. And I, I just felt like sometimes he did things that were popular. And he probably turned to somebody and said, Hey man, what's the deal on bump stocks? You know, mm -hmm. we want them up, thumbs up, thumbs down. What do we yeah, do? Yeah, I don't think. Oh, yeah, don't I agree. Those. I don't think he really knew about it. No, he didn't. And I so, also I mean, think I, he, I think he was conflicted in the White House too. And I hear stuff like that that he had like maybe his son Junior was pro gun, saying stuff to him, and then his daughter was anti gun, saying yeah. stuff to him. And at the end of the day, he just didn't. He wasn't confident enough to make decisions. We're gonna take a quick break here we're going to be right back if you guys have questions and stuff like we wouldn't be able to keep the who moved my freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like high point firearms and full forge gear bags and gear for everyday life did you know high point is an american family owned and operated company located in ohio with over 30 years of manufacturing experience High Point is proud to be the home of the working man's gun and your source for affordable handguns and carbines with a lifetime warranty. So when you're in the market, please consider Hype. All right, so many. Oh, where's my. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so many things going on here. So many things. I cannot get my. Don't worry, my camera is not. It's actually on. Believe it or not, the camera's on. But uh, I cannot get it to show back up here just because of uh, the stupid uh, driver that I installed. I would have to shut this whole thing off and start it up again. So we're not going to do that. That's why we have backups. That's why you always have backups to your backups, and we're running pretty yeah. good on that. Uh, people are reminding us in the break. I saw that. Yeah, break is coming. That's why we've got that going on. Um, so we've got some – before you get into anything, we'll try to answer some questions here. Let me see. Uh, DCG44 says, this is what happens when you order a president by mail. You you elect, you elect clowns, you get a circus. <laughs> it's, it's, we're, you know, we are living idiocracy. You ever saw the movie Idiocracy? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yes. 
We're living it, man. We're never going to go back. We're never going to go back. It's always going to be this kind of a a nightmare circus. Um, As long as we don't have the big purple dildos on the hoods of cars and stuff like that, uh, like in uh, Idiocracy. But uh, I imagine maybe electric cars will come with those. Yeah, we, we've had stuff. You know, you've, we've had the uh, the nuts hanging <laughs> off the... Remember that? The nuts. Right, that's true. We've, we've had the nuts. <laughs> you know, what was the... Remember the guy who famously got in trouble here in Florida because he had a sticker that says that said, um, I eat ass? Do you remember, did you, did you I did not know about yeah. that. Look that up, man. That would have been All a right. good that would have been a good thing for you to talk about. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if you've got certain subjects you don't touch. But this guy got it he um he it wasn't far actually from where from where I'm at. And um somewhere between like Florida and the and the, the border with Georgia. But he had the sticker I eat ass on his uh truck. And uh, deputy pulled him over and said, look, you know, take that sticker off your truck. Mm. And he refused. He was like, I got freedom of speech. I could put that on there if I want to. And the deputy gave him a ticket. It became such a big thing because they were like, hey, you can't ticket someone. Mm. Yeah, You know, <laughs> yeah, what, what was saying that. So, yeah, it became a thing. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So we we're, we're we're living in crazy times, okay? Well, the pre- the what president a topic is... to stake your claim on for being famous for, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling I'm the, you. I'm the I eat ass guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of people were supporting. I mean, listen, you got the right. You got the right. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do what you do. Do what you do. Yeah. You know, I wonder. I wonder if that like actually got him play. You know, I mean, I wonder if the ladies it may have. Yeah, I wonder if there were like ladies seeing that truck and just like following him home or whatever he's into. Not my business. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we are living idiocracy. Our president is going to be a circus clown. Yep. <laughs> From now on, we're never right. We're we're never going back to like normal, respectable. Everything's gonna be like, oh, this is the first black female lesbian transgender. You know. Uh, person who became an animal it's just just gonna be nuts it's just gonna be nuts from now on man well we've had the first black president Mm -hmm. now we've had the first female vice president so Mm -hmm. there's got to be another first so it may be the transgender only going out of your head or something like yeah yeah it's this crazy thing like no no listen i want my entertainment could be crazy right (laughs) but my my government my government i need it to be small okay and stable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can we go back to whoever the best candidate is, not the yeah. one that has the yeah. most unique characteristic about them or something? I don't know where this came from. Like, I was born in a country that was run by, uh, you know, by a black man. And, you know, so I'm not saying that there, there's, you know, there's black people can be just as good as anything, right? I believe that. I'm a black person. But, but the, the president of the country being the same color as you, what does that mean? You know, I I lived in when I lived in Nigeria, they would go from a military government to civilian government or whatever. They would just go back and forward all the time. All black people didn't make any difference. Right. (laughs) Still terrible. Still had massive inflation. (laughs) You know, the truth about us as human beings, there's not a massive difference of us based on what our races or sexes, uh, religion and stuff like that. I want my president to be someone who cares about America, regardless of what his political party is, you know, and I don't want my president to put, uh, 
like a small group of people, whether it's people that look just like me or not, I don't want him to put a small group of people over the the overall group of Americans, right? I don't want to ruin the country that I live in, that I'm trying to take care of my, my family and, and have things and do things and accomplish things. I don't want all of that to go down the drain so you can make a point like, oh, you know, here's this this specialized right. person running this office. Like, what What do I care about that? And yeah. the, and just one, one other thing. It's so insane that, you know, like we have the first uh, black female uh, Supreme Court justice. This is, a, this is a woman who said that she can't even define a woman. Yeah. That's scary to me. Yes. If, you're a, if you're a black woman... If you're a black woman out there or any woman out there or any human being out there and this person is Supreme Court justice and is supposed to make decisions that directly affect justice like this that's where the rubber meets the road with us as regular people right not people with special privileges like politicians and all that I want well, what that if person an ACLU to know UK ever makes it to the yeah. Supreme Court about women yeah. Does it she was, recuse herself? It was disgusting. She's not qualified to talk about that? It was disgusting. When Lola saw that, as a black woman, Lola was like, oh my God, that's, <laughs> I can't yes. believe I'm even hearing this craziness. Right. You know? Right. As, if you're a woman out there and you hear that, if you look at all the the young women out there who are trying, you know, trying to make, uh, um, you know, make a place for them in college and all that kind of stuff by playing sports, and then a dude can say, you know what, I'm a chick now, and then compete right. against them and kick their asses and get all those scholarships and awards and all that kind of stuff, and they lose it, like, we're actually hurting women by doing that. How could yeah. you say that you even care about women? How, how can you say you care about the girls out there and you want to help them and, and, and make their lives better when you're actually helping to make their lives worse? Well, I mean, one thing that I thought was a disservice to the Supreme Court justice that they uh, just nominated was that very fact that they they made her into a token when they didn't have to. They could have very easily reworded and repositioned their approach to the whole uh, nomination process. Biden, instead of saying, I'm going to nominate a black woman, he could have very easily said, I am going to nominate the best person for the job, and I hope it's a black woman. Uh, I'm, or not even said anything about gender or race. Just said, I, I'm going to nominate the strongest person for this. And, oh, it just happens to be a black woman. To me, that woman went in there all with everything stacked against her already because she was viewed as a token hire. And that's not right for her. To me, they could have the messaging could have been so much different and they could have looked like heroes by nominating her if yeah. they had done it the well, right way. Well, it's all playing 3D chess. I mean, they were playing 3D chess with Republicans who basically really couldn't go against her, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they they couldn't go against her like, you know, on the flip side of that when Trump was president, and one of the good things I think Trump did is um, how many, he put in three Supreme Court? Yeah. Is it three? Yeah. So that's one of the good things I think that came out of uh, Trump being president. But they went after people hardcore. Oh yeah. And that, and then when it came to their turn, they didn't want anyone to go after them. That's the reason right. why they they went with a black woman, because yep. Republicans couldn't do that. They were afraid of like being called racists and all that kind of stuff. It's it's insane. That's the game we're playing now. Well, if you remember Amy Coney Barrett, she was bashed for being too Christian. She's literally got an adopted child who's black. 
and they mm-hmm. told her that she was like a slave master, that mm-hmm. she, that was a kid that she owned. She adopted the kid because she loved the kid. It wasn't yeah. so she could own a black person. I mean, what? so what if I tell Angelina Jolie that because she's got a adopted right. black kid? Or any other celebrity. All these celebrities go to Africa or China to adopt kids or whatever and forget about the kids in America that need help. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, we're, I'm telling you, we're dealing with insanity. Yeah. You have to you have to play like a, you have to think of 3D chess like okay so now Republicans have to put you know they have to put the first gay black transgender person <laughs> up there so that Democrats won't attack them but then they right. don't care if that you know the Democrats don't care what that no of course they care they don't care about any kind of rules on the Republican side though I think they always get outgamed of thrones you know because yeah they they just don't know how I would have still I would have still gone off after that chick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was but, disgusting for her to say she doesn't know what a woman is. Okay? Yeah, that was just stupid. Yeah. If you're a man uh, or a woman and you don't know what a woman is, you've got problems. Yeah. What'd she say? I'm yeah. like a biologist. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, I don't. I I know what my qualification is. I'm a man. I right. I, I was born from a woman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I am married to a woman. I have made children. And put them into the world. I think I understand right. what it is. I, I also I just don't care what people identify as. It's like whatever, yeah. you know. That's not that's not my business. I think it becomes my business if I have to pay for people to to identify as whatever they want and do whatever they want. Then that's that's a problem for me, right? But I don't care what people want to do if it doesn't take away from other people or if it doesn't hurt children. But right. we're living in a crazy upside down world. It's this crazy. When, so for a long time, when uh, people were talking about climate change and things like that, and then other people were like, oh, there's no such thing as climate change or whatever, right? They said, oh, you, you're denying science. You don't believe. Remember that? <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're talking about, yeah. if people say, oh, I don't believe in evolution, they're like, oh, you're denying science. <laughs> That's right. science evolution. Okay. All right. Now, when you when when you have um, I forgot who it was, but they were talking to someone in Congress and they said to her, OK, so can a man have a period? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, a man can have a period. And they're like, OK, so if the man can have a period, can he get pregnant? Oh, yeah, he can get pregnant. So he could get pregnant. He could have an abortion. A man could do that because he says he's a woman. He could get he could have a period, get pregnant, have an abortion. That's insanity. That's denying science. That's unbelievable, man. <laughs> I mean, you just want to grab them by the shoulders and kind of shake them a little bit and say, we need some common sense, just an assemblage of common sense a little bit. That's yeah. just stupid. This is what government is supposed to be. I can't take anything a person says seriously after that when they say something that's stupid. Yeah, government is supposed to be that. Like, I get it. If you feel like you're a woman trapped in a man's body, a man trapped in a woman, whatever it is. Okay. But when the people in government... When the person in charge of justice has no no regard for that, okay, then why should the public have any kind of trust in them? Right. We shouldn't. Right. Okay. So let me let me get into this. Lola has given us some of the things that Biden's talking about. So neither one of us has heard, and and Paul definitely hasn't. I haven't. Lola says Biden's solutions: reinstate assault weapons ban. Limit mag capacity, no more than 30 rounds. Expand background checks, safe storage laws, slash personal liability for not storing up your guns. National flag, red uh, red flag laws. That's the first half. 
What do you what do you think about that? Knowing, of course, you haven't heard any of what he said specifically. Well, I can probably better describe my feelings when I have a really good bowel movement later, uh, because <laughs> there's the man is he's a potato to begin with. So it's hard for me to look at him because I constantly wonder who's really telling him what to say. But mm -hmm. look, I, I'm very passionate about the red flag gun law thing. All the other stuff is garbage too. But the red flag gun law thing. Man, look, people like you and I, if we piss off the wrong person anywhere, whether they're in the industry or a neighbor or just somebody that sees my decals on the side of my vehicle and they cut me off on the road and we have words, they call in and say that I threatened to kill them. You know what I mean? That's just it's one That's of those things you, where yeah. they can be so abused. People mm. will abuse this and people will die because I'm a person look, Hank, I don't do things wrong. I follow the law. I do my thing. I don't, I may get close to the line, but I don't cross the line. So if someone kicks my door in at two o'clock in the morning, I'm shooting at them because I don't invite people to my house at two o'clock in the morning. So if it happens to be police, I have no reason to think they should be there. So if somebody swats me and gets a red flag gun law or red flag uh, call in on me, I'm not thinking, oh, there's a chance police are going to kick my door in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Let me make sure that it's not police first. I'm going to mm -hmm. be shooting at them. Mm -hmm. They're going to shoot and kill me and likely my wife and my child. Mm -hmm. So people are going to die. You're going to, if they're ever successful people have nationwide. Died. People yeah, exactly. Have Maryland. Yeah. I know Maryland for sure. I don't know. I think there was another person somewhere else, but Maryland was the first one that I'd, I'd heard of. It's, they're going to get so abused. It's, they just haven't, implemented that i think california has a version of a red flag gun law. i don't know how it's not been abused of so the bigger states if they implement a federal policy i think you're going to see some pretty wild stuff go down with that yeah i think one of the reasons and you know i don't have any kind of uh i don't really care about amber heard or johnny depp for that matter right but mm -hmm. the reason why that case has people's attention is because it's exactly what you're talking about right yep. people abuse the laws you know, and people exactly. people lie and take advantage of what they could do. You know, and like, like I said, I think Johnny Depp is a terrible person. He's probably one of the the most super radical liberals out there in Hollywood, and really doesn't give a crap about people like us. We right. shouldn't have any kind of uh, sympathy for him or Amber Heard, for that matter. Right. But that's what that case is about to me. These this is a this is someone uh, you know weaponizing what the laws are. Right. And weaponizing what society is up to and using it against and you can even say they're both doing it to each other. Right. It's mutually assured yeah. destruction that they're up to. So well, I think that's they determine that in the case from the outside looking in. I remember seeing something with a judge may have awarded whatever judgment for Johnny Depp. But he basically said both of y'all are horrible people and you both lied under oath. You know, that neither one of them are worth the time that everyone has spent following this trial i think because it's so crazy it's entertainment that's why people watch it because i don't I, I would like people don't really care about these two mm -hmm. yeah exactly i'm pretty sure a lot of people don't um so okay lola continues here she says raise age limit to 21 repeal liability shield for gun manufacturers slash uh gun manufacturers should be sued like tobacco companies uh unity agenda to heal souls and Aww. and then mental health this is this is what biden's talking about uh According to Lola. 
who's watching it. And okay. and I think some other folks are out there watching it. We're not watching it. I'm enjoying having this conversation with Paul. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've got any comments on the, any of that. The liability obviously. shield, it drives me nuts. When politicians blatantly lie to you, it makes me so mad. There is no such thing. There is no liability shield. The protection through commerce that we have in place for every business, this is not a specific thing for the firearms industry, is the fact that if I if I wreck that Bronco tomorrow, I can't sue Ford because I'm a bad driver. If I drive through a crowd of people, I can't sue Ford. What they're trying to do is say, allow people to be able to do that. These are protections that, look, this is going to extend past guns. If they open this up to allow you to shoot, uh, excuse me, sue the firearm manufacturers because somebody used a gun negligently, uh, haphazardly or murderously, whatever you want to call it, then this is going to apply to everything in a court of law. I'm no attorney, but I know once you set precedent, it's going to be set across everything. It's not going to stay contained in their little anti-gun bubble. Everybody is going to be exposed to this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're already seeing... Well, I know for a fact we're seeing it already that the gun industry is being sued. You know, any um, firearms manufacturer that anything happens now, there's going to be lawyers... They're gonna yeah. uh, put suits out there. I think the one of the worst things that happened recently was the the uh, the insurance company and lawyers for the Freedom Group that got dismantled. They basically settled. That I mean, I think that's out of the hands of the gun industry. What happened there? But yeah, that's a bad sign of things to come. And yes, if it, it's not just the firearms industry, okay, any industry will be sued and yes. and people will go after it and then everything is going to become way more expensive so yep. if you want to have nothing in america you know make it possible for everyone to be sued about everything you won't have a job <laughs> you right. won't have anything no you, you won't. know that's just going to be a reality of 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 what's going to happen with that and and you know what i hope that um as a republican i hope that the republicans out there resist all this <laughs> stuff and don't make deals and don't try to be reasonable with crazy people. I hope all of that happens, but I could say that I don't have any intention of complying with anything that is, uh, you know, so acutely self-destructive to to my own life. I'm not going to do it. So they yeah. can make up whatever laws they want to. I'm not going to comply with that. No, and I mean, you're, you're right. All they're going to, that's the intent all along, and I know you're, you're about to go to your break, is that, they want to bankrupt gun companies and put them out of business. That's been their their goal all along. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so listen, we're going to get into more stuff here. Uh, we'll be back here in a second. Uh, just stick the, right there with us. Give it your questions. With Arms List, you can shop the extensive list of local and nationwide firearms classified. Now with more confidence because of their built-in firewall. For only $6.99 a month for personal use or $30 a month for business vendors. So when you're in the market, please consider Arms List. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Arms List. Let's see. Are we back here? Oh, I got actually. <laughs> I got to actually put myself on here. Okay, so um, Lola has this follow-up question to you, Paul. She says, "Okay, Paul, what are your real solutions based on your research?" Um, you know, obviously, we are here to talk about the book. Lola says there is a link to this book. People can. Where? Well, first of all, before you even answer that, where can people get the book? I think Lola's uh, putting some links out there, but. They can get it at uh, howtomakeamonster.com. It's also available. 
uh, on Amazon. If you're into the ebook thing, Kindle uh, has mm -hmm. it as well. If you're going to get an actual physical copy of it, um, yeah. I, I would recommend going to howtomakeamonster.com because you're going to save a dollar or two. Uh, Amazon has their markup built into that. Okay. Convenience associated with Amazon, but there's also a little bit more cost. Okay. Yeah. So go to howtomakeamonster.com, you're saying, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's a, that's the best. And that is my website. It is. And I, I will say this just so everybody knows, um, I'm not personally, I'm not, but I'm not making anybody rich off of this book. Mm -hmm. um, I self-publish this book. So every single thing, every portal you go through to buy it or whatever, I personally did everything. I set up everything on Amazon. I set up all the ebook stuff. I built the website myself for how to make a monster. I published the book myself. I didn't want to be holding to anybody else because I felt like this book probably is a little bit controversial, especially when you get into where Big Farmer plays a role in this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't want to run the risk of anybody being able to stop it. So mm -hmm. um, it was expensive for me to put this out because I funded it all myself. But it's more rewarding because I know that nobody can pull it off the shelf or pull it off online. Yeah. And I think, you know, Paul's probably not going to say this, but I think he is very well deserving of you guys supporting him. Uh, and and getting this book so um and it's it's really good stuff in there i've i've been reading it i think that you know it, it's not a gimmick there's you know actual numbers and solutions and explanations and and methods for going about stuff which there's folks out there who say that you know we don't care about that stuff uh of course we do <laughs> well yeah. you know what's funny we're, we're is... logical people this honestly and i'm not bashing uh anybody on our side either but this is the first book that I've seen that had any real solutions in it. Um, the left solution is to ban something. Obviously, Lola just gave you the list of things that Biden thinks uh, are the solution. And there's no real solutions in that. Not one of those things that she listed addresses the person who decided one day that they wanted to kill somebody. The gun doesn't even come into the picture until the person has decided that they want to end someone's life. That's what we ought to be focusing in that. Well, that's what the book is about, obviously, because I know that a person comes to the determination that I want to end somebody's life. Then they decide how they want to do it. And, hey, I'm OK with you looking at, you know, whatever you think the solutions are after that. But if we could solve the first problem of how they actually come to that determination, I don't think we'd be talking about guns or mass shootings, to be honest with you. Yeah, for you know, I, but I also feel like we don't care. I think, or not, we, well, I think we care. And I think people in America care. You know, one of the things I would say when this kind of stuff happens and I talk to people, the first thing they want to figure out is like, so how do I defend myself? How do I defend my family? They don't right. think like, oh man, I want to get rid of guns. Yes, there are people who think that. But right. let's let's think about the people who are saying it publicly. Let's start with politicians. Biden, nothing in what he's saying, I promise you, and I haven't seen none of it, nothing in what he's saying says that he's going to disband the Secret Service. Right. Okay? Right. Nothing in what he's saying says that he's going to disband the uh, D.C. Police Department and all the other police department and, and government entities that are uh, paramilitarized today to protect politicians. They're not going to do right. it. And, and also celebrities out there aren't going to fire all their bodyguards or instruct no. their bodyguards to not have guns and protect them and their family. It's not going to happen. 
Well, okay. So that's not, even if they said to me, even if they got out there and they said, "Hey, we're going to give up our guns too." I'm not going to believe them. No. And I'm still going to hold on to my guns. But you know, Lola asked you those questions. But go ahead and say what you have to say, but I, I, I want to let you get to it. Mm -hmm. Touch on a point that you just touched on that I cover a, a pretty good in depth in the book. Um, one of the sections that I have, it's called Secure Our Schools Like We Do Congress. And I point out in here that there's 535 members of Congress, and they're roughly in two square miles that they operate in in Washington, D.C. Let's see. Our budget to protect them with guns is $516 million a year. And let's see, with 7.4% annual increase realized every year since 2000. Uh, the budget for those guys, these guys to protect our elite politicians is more than the budgets of Atlanta and Detroit, according to the Cato Institute. If we can spend $516 million a year and it increases every single year by that rate of 7.4%, how come we can't do something to protect our kids? These are grown-ass adults in Washington, D.C., in a two-square-mile area, and we spend all of that money with armed people, all kinds of different security and all that to protect them. We can't do something as simple as locking these schools up somehow or find some kind of a solution that's going to help with that. Well, I think the people, me the people, the people know, are always uh, expendable, man. The people are always expendable. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. And this shows you that these people truly see themselves in an, an elitist state where they do put themselves up. They act like they don't, but they mm -hmm. absolutely do because they don't think we should question that. Why are you questioning that? Their first answer is, well, we shouldn't have to harden our schools. Well, why did you harden Congress? You, yeah. you didn't see a problem doing that? Even the listen, man. <laughs> even the people who vote for them are expendable to them. Remember, yes. these politicians, some of them stood, most of them stood by, including Republicans, by the way. Um, many of them actually called for violence in the cities. Remember, in the last few mm -hmm. years, yeah. all that violence we saw in the cities, places getting burned down, and all that. They called for it. They yeah. definitely stood by while it was happening around America, right? And cities were burning. They stood by, okay? And then when something happened in D.C., they got upset. This, yes. I, any reason, I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, you don't care, you don't vote, or whatever you do. Just think about that. These are just, these are indisputable things that I'm telling you. You could easily go and pull it up, and you could see these people inciting violence in the, in the, on the streets of America, but then when that violence came to their doorstep, they got scared, and they actually killed people. They used guns, and they killed people, right? Yeah. When that happened. Yet, what, what, when, it, when it's happening to you, they don't want to do anything to actually protect you. They don't right. want to let you protect yourself. You know, this is the this is like the the crazy kind of hypocrisy that we're talking about here. One of Biden's things that he's saying, they want to raise the age for you to be able to buy a gun to twenty one. If you're not an adult at eighteen. Okay, then you should not be able to go into the military. Right. Okay, you should not be liable for contracts you sell. You should not be prosecuted as an adult. There's a whole bunch of stuff they should not do to you. They should think That's about right. that. You know, um, there was a congressman today. I was watching some of the live stream on C SPAN from some of this debate of marking up some of these bills, and that topic came up about the age being lowered, uh, or excuse me, raised to 21 from 18 to purchase a firearm. And they, uh, one of the Republicans proposed an amendment to say that, okay, well, if you guys are wanting to in 
include this into this piece of legislation, let me at least have an amendment in there that if anybody uh, signs up for selective service, mm -hmm. which would be all male or males are supposed to do that, although they don't, right. um, that they this law does not apply to them. It exempts them. And they mm -hmm. were like, well, no, I mean, that would gut the bill. We can't do that. I'm like, well, we're sending these people to war and you can't do that. And he said, well, no, we're not going to do that. We're, we're not going to uh, support that amendment. They said, OK, well, I'll tell you what. Um, why don't I pass an amendment to raise the um, selective service age to 21 instead of 18? That way all things are equal. And they were like, no, we're not going to support that either. Yeah, so they, they can't why even they? make any logic about that. Because they can't do that and send your kids off to, to fight for other people in other right. countries. They can't do right. it. You know, just realize at the same time that they're saying all of this, they're sending billions of dollars worth of weapons over to the Ukraine so that yeah. those people could fight to defend themselves. They're people defended. On the street. Yes. They're defended. They're sending guns to people so they can defend themselves, right? And they, but they don't want you to be defended. They, right. they want to, to be able to send your kids off to war. Just think about that. Yeah. Right? They, w they want to do that. These are, this is what we're dealing with. There's no logic behind what any of these people are really saying, man. They can say what they want about China and Russia. Our politicians, both parties, envy China and Russia more than they will ever let on because they want that kind of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they were licking their chops whenever Trudeau banned all handguns yesterday in Canada. Mm -hmm. You know, Biden and those guys were sitting back there going, God, if only we could do that. You know, we want yeah, that Yeah, well, of that's power. Canada. The people of Canada obviously uh, are screwed. I mean, yes, what can I say? Are. You know, if the people of Canada won't stand up and defend themselves, I don't. Hey, you know, I can't. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to do it for you. You know, yeah. I I'm going to have to do it for my own kids and my own family and my own friends. I'm definitely not going to do it for Canada. I think all no. the countries around the world, people need to stand up and defend themselves. The Second Amendment shouldn't be just an American thing. It should exist for the entire planet. Every human being is born with the right to defend themselves. Every creature, every living thing around us on this planet, throughout the universe where there's any other life, every living thing is, is capable of defending itself. Yeah, call it what you want. We call it a Second Amendment. Everybody else should be looking at it as a God-given right to defend yourself and your family. Period. That's got nothing to do with any kind of legislation. Yeah, and then to add, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Night Train's uh, comment up here as well. He says those libtards libtards are all for gun control to save children, but they're all for abortion. What a case of hypocrisy. I don't know if you want to comment on that. If not, no, I, I mean, it's it's a resounding theme that we heard in Houston last weekend that mm -hmm. everybody's like, you know, they're, they're wanting to kill babies left and right in record numbers. And I know something I'm sure you've researched, you know, oddly enough, whenever they're the people for, uh, you know, non-white people, any kind of people of color, they coincidentally put all of these abortion places right in the middle of all these black communities. But they're for the black people. They're allowing the the just wholesale murder of black communities and act like it's nothing. Shrug yeah, that's it off. Not like, racist. Oh, for that's not racist at all. <laughs> no. I mean, of course. I, I mean, you... basically, it's genocide, man. Yes. It's genocide. It's genocide. Yes. And there's people in both on both sides of the political spectrum that are OK with it. And the powerful right. thing about it is that people are destroying themselves. You yeah. know, when you take your life that is genetically connected to you, that you create 
and you destroy it, you are doing the job for these people. And if you're and if you if you feel like, hey, I should be able to destroy this life if I want to, especially the one directly connected to me, okay. Then you can't at the same time though try to tell me that you actually give a crap about kids. Right. Right. And you I will know? tell you this, I have I, I am a registered Republican, but I have more libertarian leaning ways. And I think a lot of good conservatives actually are more libertarian than what they lead on personally. Mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion that you do what you have to do, but you have to live with that. And I think that's why these people are so adamant about some things, because they're projecting the guilt that they have whenever they support these things. They can't possibly, in good conscience, think that it's okay to uh, a child that is two or three weeks away from being born to pull them out and end their life and pull them apart until they're dead. That, mm-hmm. No one can convince no. me that they think morally that's the right thing to do. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just don't There's no logic that. behind it. I mean, look, I get it, right? Like, I understand that there are cases where, you know, uh, women, women, <laughs> you yeah. know, feel for, there's, there's multiple reasons, right? That a woman might feel, hey, I can't, I can't have this baby. It could be a medical yeah. reason. It could be that she was assaulted. It could be all kinds of things, right? This, no matter no matter how you slice it, it's a horrible thing that 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 person has to deal with. It doesn't matter how it's rationalized and or or what we think about it. Right. But yes, to make it easy, to make it an easy thing, to make it a thing that you don't think about. Um, Sixty six million times. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man, and it's very similar. You know, from what I was reading in your book, talking about all all of the different things, because it's a combination of things in America sure. and around the world that's created the problems that we're looking at. You know, it's welfare. It's when you when you make it easy for someone, like okay, you wind up you wind up pregnant. You you have children. The 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 father is not there. That's bad in and of itself. And there's multiple people to blame for that. But when you make that an easy thing to do, when you institutionalize it, then you have people who deliberately don't get married. People who right. are together and they they fake and they pretend, hey, we're not really together, you know, because if 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 we let the government know we're together, we're gonna pay more in taxes, we won't get this right. money back, we won't do that. They've just now convinced you to believe in a lie that you think you're getting over on them. They're paying a small price yes. to mess you up. If you believe that, if you if you re, like de- reflect that onto your children, they'll know that you don't give a crap about them. Right, right. You know, it's. Let it's, me give you a, a real quick example of my only experience with the welfare uh, world and getting government stuff. When I left a Fortune 500 company to start my own business. I, I asked my old boss, who was the vice president of the company, I said, look, I said, uh, you know, until I get my business up uh, on the ground, and, and it wasn't a competing business, so he was willing to help me. I said, can I file for unemployment? I'd never filed before. And I was, I don't know, 31, 32, 33, something like that. And uh, he goes, yeah, man, I'll help you out. Um, you know, I'll just tell them that we laid you off or whatever. I went down to whatever the office you go to. It's on... Fifth Avenue here in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And I walked in that door and I started listening to the conversations of the people coaching other people, not just the people in the crowd and in line with me talking about how to game the system. Oh, girl, you need to do this. You know, don't tell them that. But the people behind the counter were in on it, too. It's a mm-hmm. big scam. And it's like, oh, no, don't 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 tell them that because 
you're not going to get as much. Tell them this. They yeah. knew every step of the way. These are generations of people who have gained the system. It's a business to them. And it's not any one race. Don't let anybody fool you and let you think that it's all black it. people <laughs> or all Hispanic people. Look, no. man, our trailer parks are a lot worse than downtown Ninth Ward in New Orleans. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's everybody. These generations have learned how to game the system. And the, you're exactly right. The government wrote these rules. You don't think the government, if they thought that these people were getting by them, that they would have changed those rules already? No, they leave them in place because they are deliberately making these people think they're winning and they're losing and they become, quote, slaves to the system. They'll never yeah. get out of it. Yeah, and they're giving you imaginary money. I, I, agree, with your, I agree with your story. You know, um, for half my life, I've had Crohn's disease, right? Uh, and I'm 50 years old. When that happened to me, it was pretty devastating. I went through a whole bunch of things. I was working, and then this Crohn's hit me. They didn't know what was wrong with me. I went from being, I think on average, I was 185 pounds. I think I went down to about 140-something, maybe 130-something wow. pounds. And I was pretty much on the way out, and I, and I wound up having to have all these surgeries, all kinds of stuff, and I couldn't work and all that. But, you know, when I try to get disability, they refuse to give me disability even while I was sick and in the hospital and all that. And they said it was because of my age. Because at 25 years old, I had this uh, crippling thing. And when I started getting better, there were people like, listen, you could, you know, you could te technically be handicapped. You're going to have this your whole life. You just need to keep fighting it and keep mm -hmm. doing it. But the same thing happened to me that I, I told Lola. I said, you know, what I have to do for this, it already is messing with me mentally. Yeah, and I and I don't want to do it because no, no. if if I if I if I let my mind believe that that will manifest in my life, and That's you know it. I've never done it, man, and I've I've well, I've dealt with this for twenty five years, and I've never gotten any kind of government assistance for for being on Crohn's, and it still affects me. Well, first of all, I'm proud of you for doing that because that was the same thought that I had in my mind. I'm not lying when I tell you I was probably in that room for maybe a minute, maybe a minute and a half. I turned around, I walked out, called my wife, said I can't do it. I said, I'm not going to align myself with these people in here. I said, I can work hard enough to get my business where it needs to be uh, fast enough. I'll do whatever I have to do. I will go pick up aluminum cans and ditches mm -hmm. before I'm going to stand in line with these people and become that. That's what I did not want to become. Mm -hmm. You look your child in the face whenever you're part of that system. I just, I just, and again, it's. I'm not knocking people was, who do it. If you no, really no, need it, I get it. But if you're the playing system the system, the, the system's the system playing was, you. It was purposely designed for people who needed it. It became something that was a bait and switch program and then they started fooling people with it. Its original intent was was right. Yeah, absolutely. I really do believe that there's people who need that help, who get that help and who don't want to be addicted to it. But they're yeah. it's a, they're using whatever they're giving you is imaginary. It's not even theirs. They're making it up. They're taking it yeah. from other people and they're giving That's it to right. you. But what it's doing is enslaving you. It is. <laughs> Yep. You know, everything the, the government gives away, they took from somewhere. They don't make anything. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I think people need to think about that. OK, we're going to take another quick break here and we're going to be uh, right back here in a few seconds. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of a DAO or decentralized autonomous organization like Tusk Crypto. Tusk Cryptocurrency is a firearm-friendly e-commerce option for online payment transactions secured on the blockchain. So when you're in the crypto market, please consider Tusk, T-U-S-C. 
All right, let's see here. I got to hit the... Okay, there we go. There's the button. Okay, um... All right, I don't know if we're missing anything, if there's, like, questions or anything <laughs> like that that uh, uh, the folks out there have. You could definitely hit us with that. Um, you know, I did, like I... like I, we, You know, I'm trying to bring guns here when we do stuff, so I brought a couple <laughs> of guns. I don't know if you have anything there you want to show off, just break this up a little bit. This, we were talking I, about... I don't want to show anything off, but I just yeah. want to hold a gun on a live stream because I haven't right. been able to do it in so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I feel the same way, man. I don't really need, to, I don't need to show the guns every day, but I right. do it just because, uh, damn it. <laughs> it feels <Right>. good, <laughs> you know, That's right. to do it. And look at this, we're responsible for all the rules that uh, Facebook and I don't know if Facebook has a specific rule about that. I know YouTube does. But there are different social media that have all these rules. And they go after the folks like us that are responsible gun owners. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an FFL for crying out loud. right? Mm -hmm. I've been doing this, this particular thing <clears throat> since 2013. All kinds of stuff involved in this. And they go after me. And then they still don't stop people from live streaming horrible things. Right. That's so right. crazy. It's so crazy. So anyway, this is the FXH45 which is like uh, one of the first polymer uh, 1911s out there. That's a good looking gun. From ATI. And these grips come from Andrew's Custom Leather, you know, specifically made for 1911s. This is a Stingray on here. So this is actual Stingray on these grips. And uh, anyone who looks at uh, YouTube slash Hank Strange, you, you know I've done a bunch of videos with Sam Andrews. He makes leather holsters, exotic leathers, and all that. That's what's on there. And then my other gun that I've got here to play with is, uh, I think this is the C9. So this is the compact uh, High Point. <laughs> High Point sponsors the, the channel here, but uh, I've owned this way before I ever even met the guys at High Point, so... Um, you need to talk to them for me because I've been wanting to put my hands on one of those for review. That's that's I've had oh, a lot okay. of people ask me. I've never held one. Um, a I high have point? one of their. Okay. No, no, I've held a high point, but not that model. When they came out with that C9, um, I've never. I, I oh, have a but 45. this is this is the this is the old. This is not even the new. Uh, the, the the Yeet Cannon. No, this is not the Yeet Cannon. But okay. I can I can uh, connect you to the guys from High Point. If yeah, you want, yeah. Um, yeah. I, but, I have yeah. one in that model in 45. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I actually have one of their carbines and I really am impressed with it. Yeah, the carbines are pretty good. They've got 10 millimeter, 389, 40, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I think that, uh, I think these, I think the high points good guns. They're not the most attractive things in the world. You know, they're affordable. I bought this for less than 100 bucks from a pawn shop. I don't know, maybe mm -hmm. like 60 bucks or something like that. So. You know, right. um, and these work. There's cheaper guns out there in this category that don't really work. These work. And when I bought this used, I opened it up to clean it, and stuff sprang out and then magically uh, disappeared uh, into the ether. But uh, I called up High Point. They sent me the parts. You know, I put it back together. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, man. I think I think it's a good company. You know, um, and I can't wait until they make these better looking. Yeah, that's that's what I would say about that. So yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, what what gun stuff have you been getting into, or what cool stuff did you see at uh, at uh, NRAM, man? Probably the coolest stuff I saw at NRA annual meeting was people who came to buy my book because I was in a booth selling my book the entire time. <laughs> right. Um, I literally did not leave that booth, so I did see. 
Whose booth were you I in? Let's give them a plug for even having you there. That's pretty It cool. was Rock Island Armory, Arms okay. Corps. Uh, those folks have been really good to me over the years. They were probably one of the first companies to sponsor me seven, eight years ago. And uh, they have never left my side. I mean, I honestly have to say that they are such a good company, good people. And uh, they've just done a lot for me over the years. If I, I can call them and I need ammunition, two days later, a big box of it shows up at my door. They just cool. they treat me really good. Uh, and I reciprocate, of course. Um, mm -hmm. They've just, anytime I call them and need something like support for a new project or whatever, um, they're always quick to help me out. Okay, awesome, awesome. So you didn't get to really leave there, man, huh? You just... Uh... No, I, I did <laughs> see today, I think it was, um, SIG came out with a 10-millimeter P320, and they released it really? at the show. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of intrigued me. I was That's like, interesting, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. shocked to see Are that. Are you a fan of 10-millimeter? Uh, I'm not a big fan of 10 It's like, I don't know. I like 10 millimeter just because like, yeah, um, I don't have anything. There's not like a scientific reason why I don't like it. It's everyone just keeps harassing every gun company to make a 10 millimeter version right. of something. And then they don't freaking buy it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I actually have a lot of 10 millimeter in my shop to shoot. So that's why I like shooting them. I will mm -hmm. say this from a ballistic standpoint. Um, when I go a hog hunting, I carry a 10 millimeter with a stream light, on a low-hanging holster because I want as much controllable power that I can have if one of those hogs is not dead and I find them in a bush or something like that because those things, will, I don't know if you're a hog hunt, but they'll no, charge you. Oh, okay. So um, that is what I carry. I feel like it's a fast enough round. It can penetrate the, uh, um, you know, the hide of a hog. So mm -hmm. I think enough of it to where it's one of those things like if a hurricane hits, like you're in Florida, what gun do you grab when you're out the door? You actually put more thought into it. If you ask mm -hmm. me today what gun um, is my favorite gun or my self-defense gun or my bug-out gun or whatever, I'd probably give you a list of guns. All oh, these are mm -hmm. probably good. But whenever a hurricane is in the Gulf of Mexico and it's three hours from hitting here and you're mm -hmm. walking out the door and you look around, you really think about what gun you want what are you gonna and grab? you need it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would agree with that. And that's why the 10 millimeter with hog hunting is why I carry that. Okay, Armament and Axis says 10 millimeter is the best millimeter, so there you go. And All DCG44 right. says Rock Island has good stuff. Like I said, I don't have any problem with 10 millimeter, um, and I do like the 10 millimeter carbine from High Point, and there's some 10 millimeter stuff, but it's just, you know, if you guys are going to demand these guns for the companies right. to make them, please buy them. Because then right, when, right. when guys like me demand other millimeters, <laughs> you know, like I like 5.7. I think 5.7 is pretty cool. I'm happy yeah. to see companies making 5.7 uh, guns. And hopefully we'll see more companies uh, making the ammo so the ammo prices come down. You know, we need, we need, we need those people to actually buy the stuff they demand the companies yeah. make. So and yeah, I know we, I know the folks out there are doing it. What's up? We want these companies to be innovative and put new products out. So we have to support those new products when they do finally hit the market or they're gonna stop doing that. Yeah. And by the way, in Florida a lot of people like twenty two Magnum for hogs. I've never okay. been hog hunting here. Uh, I would do it. I would love to do it. Uh you know, I would like to hunt stuff that I would eat and I and I don't eat pork, but I would still hunt the hogs if I could donate the meat or whatever, you know. I was still well, doing lot, that, so. Over in Texas, now, Louisiana, not so much, but Texas, man, they are such a nuisance. They they're will invasive. pay you to go shoot those things. Yeah, they're invasive here in Florida, too. 
Um, but people like 22 Magnum and actually uh, Walther Arms, which sponsors the podcast also, uh, and I'm cool with those guys, they put out a 22 Magnum uh, pistol. So okay. I think it's a t- I think it's a 22 Magnum PDP. All right. So that's interesting. Have not gotten my hands on it. You know. Yeah. Um, I think I was asking Lola to put in a request and see if I can if I can get my hands on one. But I'm sure that's everyone else too. <laughs> right. Right. You, you know. Got, you guys actually have a guy, and I don't remember what part of Florida it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I follow him on Instagram, or at least I used to. I have to figure mm-hmm. out who he is again. I had my Instagram account deleted. From Instagram, really? so I'm starting over again. When the, um, when was it deleted? It was deleted uh, probably a month ago. I had twenty thousand followers, and now I have back to three hundred again because wow, it just decided I didn't belong on there. What's your What's uh, your Instagram? I'll pull it up so people can go there. It's the legally armed America. It used to be legally armed America. Now it's the legally armed America. Okay, let's see if I can get it pulled up. Go ahead, though. I was. Uh... Um, this guy, gosh, I'll, I will find who he is again because I've got some text messages from him. I've actually reached out to him, but he's in the Florida area and he has a very cool job. His job is to go after, um, iguanas and, mm-hmm. and hogs and boa constrictors. Um, the state yeah, pays think, him to uh-huh. eradicate those. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think, um, didn't the guys from Brownells go do some stuff there? I think it was him because I, I, in my old Instagram account, I followed Brownells, and I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they might have been. Well, no, no, no. Because Roy, Roy from Brownells was doing something with someone about okay. iguanas. Yeah, yeah. I, I, for, I forget what his name is, uh, his handle or whatever. But yeah, I've got you know his what? name. I'm not following. I didn't even realize the last time I saw you, I followed you, and I realized like, yeah, I'm not following you because they deleted it. So yeah. I'm going I'm to follow you right there. And then, of All course, right, you, you posted it. something that you're here on the show. Yeah. I'm going to appreciate that. You know? Um, oh, actually, let me go. Co- and listen, you guys have to actually go comment on stuff. So you got to, you know, go to this post, go follow Legally Armed America, and then comment on there. You know what I mean? Uh, show some love. Help him uh, build up back the chain. I hate it when, when uh, you know, these social media platforms, man. Man. Uh, we could we could go down a rabbit hole on that one. Yeah, I'm I'm on my second Twitter, my sweat, second Instagram. Mm-hmm. I really hope my YouTube doesn't get canned. I have some really strange stories about uh, YouTube. I put out a video on the Buffalo Rampage killing a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and the first video I put out on it, it was just um, an explanation of what happened. Mm-hmm. Well, they took the video down. I showed the guy's video from the moment he drove up, and then he went to lower his firearm to the first person, and then I cut it off. Well, I guess I kind of understand that that could have been sensitive content. They didn't give me a strike, but they uh, they deleted the video. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, no harm, no foul. They told me, hey, you know, you probably didn't do it deliberately, so we're not going to give you a strike. The next day, I got my hands on the guy's manifesto. Now, I did a full video poking holes through the entire manifesto and talking about how this manifesto was essentially a checklist of the anti-gun people and the wackos on the left. They deleted that video. They gave me a strike. They put me in timeout for YouTube. I could not upload a video. I couldn't go live. I couldn't do anything for seven days. Last Tuesday rolled around, and... This is the first time in 10 years now. They've never mm-hmm. done this to me. I've never gotten a strike. Mm-hmm. 
Well, they put me, uh, they took me out of timeout, but I still, all my videos were demonetized. I have 900 and something videos out there. They demonetized, they turned it off for all of them. The, the, wow. The little dollar they, sign so did, did they kick you out of the monetization program or they just demonetized all your videos? They just demonetized all of my videos and their message to me was if I couldn't resolve the issue, which I couldn't resolve it, they, there was nothing for me to resolve. It wasn't like a copyright thing where I could go delete the video. Mm -hmm. They had already deleted the video. Mm -hmm. So they said, if it can't be resolved, then you're going to be demonetized for three months. Well, Hank, I don't make a lot of money on YouTube, but I make some money on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, you know, this is that cuts deep for me because that's the biggest platform that I'm on. I had 291 or have 291,000 wow. people that followed yeah. me on there. So it was the weirdest thing about four days ago. I'm looking at my YouTube through one of the apps that I have, and I noticed that the dollar signs are back. Now, they're not monetized. They were gray. And I was like, well, that was not even there for seven days. I wonder if they turned monetization back on. So I went to my desktop, and I clicked in uh, for bulk, and I selected every single video of mine. I clicked monetization on, and it, they were all yellow. So it was partially monetized, and I thought to myself, well, okay, well, they're turning it back on. Look. Yesterday, I'm going through all of my uh, videos. The video that they gave me a strike for, they put it back up and they mm -hmm. monetize it fully. <laughs> so I'm like, it's crazy. Bipolar son of a bitches. I mean, mm -hmm. are, are, do I still have my strike? I mean, I wonder if my strike is still there. They've just put the video back. I don't even think I they know. I don't even think they know what they're doing. And it's possible that whatever they did in the first place came. Just be like a bot did that, you know what I mean, and not right. a person, and you just got right. thrown into a limbo, and and then maybe you have to get a person to actually act on things. I know that happened to me when the when uh, my YouTube channel was deleted, the main one, and that happened when I was like sixty thousand subscribers. We're like one twenty now, but and they turned it back on. But once they turned it back on, and some other stuff happened with me and YouTube. They kept red flagging me, so like I've been uh, handicapped or kneecapped or whatever you want to call it on YouTube mm -hmm. for for a long time. But the only the only way I got it turned back on is that um, at one time YouTube was actually talking to me on a semi regular basis, and whoever was communicating with me, I reached out to them, and they happened to be leaving, but they mm. saw that message, and then they they said, "Hey, I'm going to put this through to a real person uh, behind the scenes at YouTube." And whoever that was got the channel put back on. And I know that there's other people that got their channels deleted, never got it back on, etc. I would say you really need to talk to a real person because a lot of times it's just a bot doing right. stuff. And, you know, that bot really doesn't give a crap, right? You know, right. it's... Uh, it's the real... It's the truth of what would happen, you know, when artificial intelligence takes over. Yeah. You know, Well, really actually, whenever I appealed that decision, because honestly, I knew I didn't break you know what their reason for the community standard that i broke they said that i was uh promoting a violent criminal organization so i think they were like calling me a white supremacist because mm -hmm. that guy was a white supremacist and i was talking about his content but i wasn't complimenting the guy i was very negative about what he had done i was not supporting it mm -hmm. so i put in my appeal i said look you can go look at the video and see that i am saying all the things wrong with this guy and yeah, but someone else flagged you as that. This is one of the this is one of the problems that people could do it. Sometimes it's right. people on our side that do that stupidness, man. 
But well, but typically it's people on the other side, and so if, so people could have been looking at your video and reporting you for whatever reason, just because they want to, you know, they want to take you out, and the bot right. just reacts. You know what I mean? Well, when I hit the button for to submit my appeal, mm -hmm. I I submitted the appeal and I immediately refreshed my screen. It said your appeal is rejected. So it's definitely <laughs> a bot. There was no yeah. person sitting right there waiting for me to appeal. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of craziness like that going on. I mean, you can see just from what's happening with Elon Musk and Twitter, there's there's a lot of craziness happening behind the scenes of social yeah. media. And, you know, first of all, I think it sucks. It sucks that it's happening to you. I know personally what it takes for people to build up these channels. And, I mean, you're giving up a massive part of your life that you cannot get back. Yeah. And, um, you know, it really does suck, but... We're we're just we're we're trapped in this, man. These uh these social media platforms, uh, you know, they're corporate activists and all that kind of stuff. There's no one doing anything about it. Not the people on right. our side. No one's doing anything about it. You know, right. this is this is one of the things that uh, the NRA doesn't care about, and the the politicians out there that you would think would be on our side don't care about it. And we're just kind of left hanging out there in the wind, and it really sucks. It really. You know, it really takes a lot out of a person to know that you built something to, you know, 300,000 followers, which isn't easy uh, in the sphere that we live in. And then right. these guys could just, you know, yeah. just pull the plug on that. Just so. like, honestly, as much that I've put into to my channel, if they were to delete my channel, I don't think I would start another one. It's just, I know it's never going to get back up. I, want, I can sit there and refresh my YouTube and see the subscribers dropping off of my YouTube and I'm not even putting videos out. So I'm no mm -hmm. one, nobody's pissed off at my content. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, it's, I, I, I mean, really build it to where yeah, it is. what I would say is, and DCG 44 is saying it, he says, get on Utreon as an alternative option. There's, uh, there's other alternative options. I don't like I, I, the guys at Utreon. Sometimes they even hear on the chat, you know, it's not a big mm -hmm. company. Okay. Um, they're based in Canada, but we can communicate with them. So mm -hmm. I, I have confidence in them, but yeah, that's not a guarantee, right? We've seen, like, I've dealt with <laughs> Full 30. Full 30 is a walking zombie. I've dealt with Gunstreamer. That's a walking zombie right now. You know, there's a whole bunch of other things that I've been involved in, a lot of time and energy that I've put behind social media just because I think it's really, really important. And that's never going to change. If we have the Internet, it's going to be important to communicate with people. The only thing I could say is we have to explore alternatives because we can't rely on any social media, especially not the the big corporations out there. So if you're talking about YouTube, which is owned by Google, massive corporation on the face of the planet, same thing with Facebook, um, even Twitter, right. it hasn't changed hands to Elon Musk, even if it did, still massive corporation, oh, yeah. right? So yep. Um. I, I wouldn't put my faith in them, and the best that we could do is have alternatives, you know, and uh, I agree with DCG44s, but we don't have a viable, I don't think that the firearms industry as a whole, which is now heavily under attack, I don't even think they have the money to put into to what it takes to actually build a social media platform. Right. I also I don't agree. believe, like in Truth Social, for example, I'm on there. But I don't really yeah. believe in it. I think it's just a, um, a echo chamber, really, for uh, what I call Hollywood conservatives like Donald Trump and all the other folks who, you know, all the people in the Trump family, I guess, who, yeah. uh, who are supposed to be conservatives. 
uh, it's really just an echo chamber for those guys. It's not really for us or anyone else. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So uh, let me get to this comment from Dan Hates You. Dan Hates You says, I got an Archon Type B, and it's mostly uh, Paul's fault because the Who Moved My Freedom podcast is made possible by our partners at 2A Commerce. Veteran-owned and with over 20 years' experience, 2A Commerce is the leader in custom e-commerce and web application development in the shooting sports industry. Clients include major brands such as Guard Dog Body Armor, Sylvan Arms, AccuFire Technologies, The Tactical Games, Warrior Knife Company, and yours truly, Hank Strange. Visit 2A Commerce and support this show by supporting them. Once again, visit the number 2acommerce.com. <laughs> Oh, come on. All right, here we go. Sorry about that. Yes, uh, I'm going to repeat that. I'm going to repeat this comment from Dan Hates You. He says, I got an Archon Type B, and it's mostly Paul's fault because he reviewed one. So there you go. All right. Uh, and uh, Night Train says, uh, I, I, go ahead. I like the pistol. It's a... you no, there? I was going to say, I like the pistol. It's an awesome pistol. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Here's another one. Armin and Axes. I think he's saying, let Paul know I've been subbed to him for a long time. So there you go. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And then Night Train is saying, Biden says, Second Amendment, not absolute. Uh, and call to reinstate uh, assault weapons ban. I've got to ask one question. If Lola or any of your viewers... Uh, Heard him say this. Did he talk about the deer and the Kevlar vest again? Because that is his favorite line. <laughs> it drives me nuts when he says that stupid line. Yeah. Um, I can, what, what I, you know, like I said, I haven't seen what he had to say. I don't know if I'm even going to waste my time seeing what he has to say. Right. I'm going to tell you, it's up to the other politicians there in, uh, it, you know, in D.C. to resist this guy. You know, and I know there are politicians who are going to be doing that. Ultimately... Um, I don't think that Americans, even if they're able to push through this kind of nonsense, I don't think Americans are going to comply with that. I, I, even in the state of Florida that I live in, that has done some terrible things, you know, just talking to my friends and neighbors, we're not going to comply with that. So you can do whatever you want to do. I always liken this, Paul, to, you know, you know, there's a lot of animal lovers out there, including myself. Would you declaw and defang your animal? Because I would never do it, you know. So I would never take the claws away from my dog. Right. I would never take his fangs away. Okay. I want my dog or any creature that is that falls under my responsibility to be able to defend itself. Well, I'm definitely not going to defang myself and declaw myself and leave right. myself in a world where I have to depend on the government and politicians and the police and all these things that even the Supreme Court says. They don't have a responsibility to do anything for me. Yep. And Uvalde is really a classic example of, of how we should not put all of our eggs in one basket and just rely on the federal government or local governments at that to protect us because they didn't. I mean, they they barely are able to take credit for neutralizing that guy. They, they let it go on for way too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, okay. so Armin and Axis says no. He wants me to let you know he just bought the book. Okay, so that's very awesome. nice. Thank you. Yes, that's this book. For anyone who's joining here, looking at us, How to Make a Monster, and Why No One Cares. 
and I uh, signed every single copy. So absolutely. it'll go out the door with my signature in it. Yeah, mine's signed right there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Boom. But I got this, you know, I mean, I got this from Paul. So I have to yeah. admit that. You That's know, right. Uh, it's a T&E, basically. <laughs> right. You don't have to send it back. It's yours. <laughs> That's nice. I appreciate it. Right. And I think, you know, I've been reading it, and I, and I think the, for, for folks out there, you know, um, I like the way that you logically lay everything out. And I think that if you want to, if you, if you want to get a grasp on what's happening here, I think it's a good book to do it. But I think also the lessons that Paul is, is pulling from real life and, and being a, someone, you know, in business, right. And, and building a business is in here as well. So I think you're going to find that this can help you in lots of ways. Um, as you were saying, Paul, you met someone who, you know, gave this to their kids. I agree with that. I think, a lot of the young folks out there are tackling these things as well, you know, and they're they're in lots of ways confused by what the media and politicians are saying. And I think something like this will help them to put it in perspective. Well, I appreciate that. And, and I do purposely put some things in there. I mean, one of the things as far as solutions is be better parents, be better, uh, better neighbors. I mean, there's a lot we could do to help a lot of these situations. And it, if you're more aware of your surroundings, you start to notice these things. I, I saw something, my wife told me this yesterday, that this guy in Uvalde, um, there's a picture going around online and apparently it's him because I've heard the news media talking about it. Not that that means it's true, but it's a, a clear bag with one or two dead cats in it. And one of the things I point out in my book is that's like a real big sign. Like I have additional signs other than the three more common things that they all uh, – have as far as characteristics and there are other things to look out for too and in that chapter i put that look almost anyone that's violent towards or kills animals it takes you know gets any enjoyment or pride out of that they use wind up in jail or they kill themselves or get killed in a hail of gunfire uh, those people usually don't turn out okay so mm -hmm. those are really good signs that are we better better on all that we start seeing things like that we just don't let it go because we don't want to get involved. We should get involved. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, absolutely. And uh, let me see. There was a comment here. 42 Chill says 77 minutes when the Border Patrol guy got there. Who knows how much longer it would have taken. The question yeah. I want to – I mean, did the Border Patrol – because, <clears throat> you know, this – a lot of this is still evolving. We may never know exactly what happened and all that kind of stuff here. And I know that I, I did see the Border Patrol – uh, guy that was off duty on Border Patrol. I saw him, I think, talking to Laura Ingram uh, on Fox. I saw that clip mm -hmm. on YouTube. I don't look at Fox. I don't pay for cable. I don't give a crap about uh, Fox News or MSNBC, to be honest with you. But um, I did look at that clip because the guy was on there talking, and he said that he he was getting a haircut. He was there in the school earlier. Then he went to get a haircut. He heard what was happening. He went and got a shot. He got a shotgun from the barber. Went back in there and got his wife out. Now, I didn't hear him talking about actually taking out this uh, this rampage killer. Right? Is yeah. that what happened? Do we no, do we no, know it, that? At first, there was some stuff going out like a meme that described everything you just described. Mm -hmm. And they and at the end of it, they were like, "This is the guy who shot him." That wasn't him. It was uh. Uh, Border Patrol um, Special Tactical Unit or something like that. Somebody from that unit is actually who shot him. I actually, okay. and I'm not trying to stuff, but a video I put out yesterday or the day before, mm -hmm. I take the timeline from the moment he crashed the vehicle 
and I spell out everything that happened until he was neutralized. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I, I talk about a lot of that and how long it took. And you're right, 70-something mm-hmm. minutes. And yeah. It was an hour and 22 minutes from the time that the first shot was fired when he shot at the two guys at the funeral home across the street till they actually neutralized him. And that's that's unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I think that it's just the nature of how this goes. You know, you can't blame any of us that are on the outside uh, looking in for having misinformation here. It's really the reason why when these things happen, I don't want to immediately jump to any conclusions or start talking about it, to be honest with you. Like, I get it if you, you know... Well, I don't know if in these times you could do it, but I know there was a time when folks like us could just jump on YouTube and make videos and things like that. I think everything that that they do, that we do, they put mechanisms in place to counteract it. But regardless of that, I I would try to avoid that stuff, right? Because it's very difficult to know exactly what happened. Yeah. Even if you were there, it's difficult to know exactly what happened. So we need to be conscious of that. Yeah. I mean, they keep talking about the door. You know, how many times did we hear at first that the door was propped open on the back of the school and that's how he entered? Then you started hearing, well, the teacher propped the door open and and apparently she propped it open because it was one of those self-locking doors. Mm -hmm. Apparently she propped it open and then she saw the wreck and the gunshots to the funeral home across the street. So she ran back to get her phone. Then she went back to close the door and lock it. And she saw the guy coming at the building, and then so she ran inside and forgot to close the door, lock it. Now, yeah, it came out that she did attempt to close the door, mm-hmm. and for some reason it didn't lock, which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to me. Because if the reason why she propped it open to keep it from self-locking so she could go outside doesn't make sense that if she tried to close it, it didn't lock now. Right. Unless there was something else. I mean, she might have done one thing to impede that door lock, but someone else might have done yeah. a different thing. I mean, That's true, true, yeah. This is just the reality, uh, you know. Um, listen, I think, you know, I've worked in security from from when I was a young age. I've worked uh, in building security in New York City, doing doing lots of different things. And for for years, I worked at a hospital on the Upper East Side. This is very commonplace to happen, and I know it's it shouldn't happen, and it sucks. A lot of people do things to prop different doors open. Right. Right. That's right. Just because it's inconvenient. So having the doors locking being your only security in a school is just one of the most ridiculous things that I've ever heard. You need to have multiple things. You could have you could have one police officer there. That's not enough. Right. Right. You know, you need to do multiple things. Now, I'm not saying we should turn schools into prisons, but we're living in the world. This is the world. This is the way that it is. And we need to make efforts to counteract what's happening. And we need to have multiple layers. It's just like like when it comes to firearm safety. Right. We have all these different rules. Treat this gun you know, as a destructive, you know, this could be destructive. Be careful what direction you pointed it. Keep your finger off the trigger. You know, there's all these different layers of things. So if we make mistakes, you can make a mistake and mess up here. And if somehow that gun's loaded, you know, if it goes off, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't destroy something that you don't want to destroy. Right. Right. So, you know, the, the hardening of the schools, and I talk about it a good bit in the book. Um, I'm sure many of you guys have heard of Randy Weingarten. That's the president of the American Federation of Teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been getting a lot of play and got a lot of play through the whole mask mandate thing and all that. Yeah, that's a very uh, powerful. A, the teachers unions in America are incredible. Oh, yes. Powerful. 
uh, one of the most powerful. Yeah. Um, she makes the quote that I put in my book, the one thing we do know doesn't work is when there is simply a reflex to harden schools and arm people so there will be a uh, catastrophe in a school in the event of a really terrible situation. And my book was really... How does she know that hardening a school with metal detectors and arms, uh, arming well-trained individuals with firearms will somehow result in a cat uh, excuse me, catastrophe in a pool uh, uh, school? So I go on to talk about some of the things in here that, that do work, have worked in other schools, and these people constantly go in there and pick that apart. I, is it Chris Murphy, I think? is a congressman that's right now talking about gun control, that we got to do something. Chris Murphy put a bill out there in 2019 or 2020 to purposefully take any semblance of uh, law enforcement, uh, guns, or anything out of schools permanently. He tried to get past legislation to fund removing police officers from schools because he felt like it was disproportionately um, uh, slanted at black and brown people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, wait a minute. He said, because his reason, it's like the, which came first, the chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. His reason for saying that black people and brown people in inner cities are disproportionately uh, getting arrested by the resource officer. So they need to go. And you start thinking to yourself, dude, it's where they're at that it's happening. It's not because they're black or they're brown that they're getting caught up in this. They're literally in Baltimore. They're literally in Detroit or whatever. If you go somewhere else and you put black and brown people in these schools that are not in these high crime areas, guess what? They don't get arrested in those areas. Mm -hmm. It's just like the whole prison thing. How many people are in prison? Well, they're, they're in there because they did something wrong, not because of their color of their skin. Right. So it's just weird that, I mean, which came first, the chicken or the egg? They're not there because of their skin color. They're there because of what they did. I think, you know, I would agree with what you're saying. I think that a lot of things come down to the application, right? Yeah. So I graduated high school in 1988. I lived in Far Rockaway, New York, you know, during the crack 80s. My high school that I went to, Far Rockaway High School, doesn't even exist anymore. It was one of the first high schools in New York to do several things. One, it had a metal detector, okay? So there was a metal detector that everyone had to go through that metal detector to get into the school. You had to also have like a an ID card that was punched to, to, to be coded with you. So you had to put that card in and that um, told them whether or not you're, you know, you could even go to the school because they would suspend mm -hmm. people or whatever, you know? So you'd have to put that in, go through the metal detector to get into the school. And another thing that they did was this was one of the first schools in New York City to actually have a daycare inside of the school for the girls who were pregnant and had babies. Now, we could take a look at this in a lot of different ways, right? It, to me, as a student going to that school, I understand why that had to happen. I was jumped one time leaving that school by like about 40 people because, you know, that day they were jumping Puerto Ricans. And because I'm mixed, you know, I guess I looked like I was Puerto Rican at the time, right? And so, <laughs> I mean, there was so many guys that jumped, like they jumped me, threw me on this car, they started piling on. It was so many of them that they didn't realize I just crawled out from underneath that thing. <laughs> Gosh. Now... So if you go through, if you're a kid going to school and you're going through that, it's it's terrible on one hand that, wow, I've got to go to this school that has to have metal detectors and you got to put this ID in there and, and the girls are having, there's so many girls having babies <laughs> that they have to have a daycare. It sucks. 
But then yeah. also as a person go like, you know, being bullied and all that, I, I know you talk about this in the book. I, I go, hey, you know, uh, someone's doing something about this. So what I think is about is that, you know, the reality is in certain places, this is happening yeah. and someone has to do something about it. And that was 1988. Right now, could they have gotten better at what they were doing? Could they have improved it? Yes. But you were if you're a kid and you're worried about going to school, I, I'll tell you something else in New York City on Halloween. I didn't even want to go to school on Halloween because someone died, right? There was always mm. fights. There was always mm. gunfights. There was always something happening. And it was weird, and it shouldn't be weird, but it was weird for me, for my kids, to grow up here in Florida, that the school that they went to, they loved going to school on Halloween. Oh, wow. You, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they, they weren't afraid of that. So, right. so this is the juxtaposition that we have to deal with. And also, I would say this. I, I, so I support those things happening if in that environment, like you're saying, it needs to happen. Where I would say something is wrong, for example, is when New York City just had a general stop and frisk law. So in right. other words, if you're out there walking, the cops could just go, you know what? We don't like what you look like just walking down the street. Correct. We're going we're gonna to check you, yep. you know, and see whether or not you're armed. That's something I do have a problem with. I don't have a problem with, you know... You're, you know, you, you just like someone, someone just committed a crime here, you're running or whatever it is, and they want to talk to you. But the right. idea that you could just be walking down the street and they could say, you know what, we don't like the way you look. That's right. Yeah. This is the balance that we have to have, I think, when we look at these things. So what do you think? Well, it's not a zero sum game. I mean, somebody has to use some common sense when they do things like this. Uh, one of the other things that I had read and I included in my book also is that there was, an, I think it was a professor or something like that, talked about how we don't want to send our children to a school and make them feel like they're going to a prison and feel like they're prisoners. That's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard, especially if you're in a high crime area and you go to school there. If I'm a child and I walk through that door and I see a guy with a gun, first of all, children are not scared, for the most part, of police officers. You, you go to parades and all that and the kids are oohing and on over the cops, looking at their gear and all their kit and everything that they have. That doesn't intimidate those children. So if they're in the school system, I feel like those kids look at that and they know to a certain degree that they're protected. It's they security. Don't look at that. It's security. Yes. Yeah. They don't mm -hmm. look at that and go, oh, my God, I feel like I'm in jail. I wish that law enforcement officer would go away. No, they know why they're there. Kids are not that stupid. You know, mm -hmm. even today's children are not that freaking stupid. You know, so it's you just know that totally there's adults that argument. care about you. That you know there's adults that care yes. about you. But at yes. the same time, kids, like you're saying, they're not stupid, and they know there's people that do bad things. Right. That's <laughs> right. They know there's other kids that still do bad things. Who wants to go to the school? Man, I remember coming to this country in the '80s and having to go to school. I remember we actually came and we were first in the Bronx. So imagine being a kid. Now I was living in Nigeria, which is freaking wild. Right. Yeah. It's not as crazy as people think it was, but it was nuts. <laughs> I know Legos? Is that I know, I, uh, well, no, we lived in Kaduna, which is in the northern part of Nigeria. And okay. it's the part of Nigeria that's run by the Muslims because Nigeria has a lot of oil and the Muslims run the oil. So Boko right. Haram was in Nigeria when I was a little kid. OK. Uh, or something similar to that. So it was nuts, and it was cool at the same time, but this is life. But I remember coming to the Bronx in America and being scared shitless because I'd seen movies. <laughs> I was reading the newspaper headlines. There were kids getting stabbed to death. That was 1983. Yeah. 
You know, this has been going on for a long time. Kids right. want a sense of security. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, we got like a minute here, but I remember, um, uh, oh man, his name slipped my mind. You know, the, the subway shooting, this guy who defended himself against these kids in the subway that were trying to rob him in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bernard Getz. I remember that. And I remember as a black kid being on Bernard Getz's side. You know why? Right. Because I've been robbed <laughs> in right. the subway of New York That's City. Right. And I was like, yeah, I wish I could have a gun and defend myself against these idiots. Right. You yep. know, I remember that. And you would, like, I'm telling you, when I was younger, I was like every young person, very liberal minded. But I also still didn't want to get my ass kicked and robbed and killed. You know, so this is this is the balance. It's just like they make it seem like black people want to get rid of cops. No, black pe- most black people do not want to get rid of cops. You know. Yeah. Um, we're gonna take a quick break here, and I'm gonna come right back because someone made a comment about about the police that I want to get to. So let's just take this okay. break. We'll be right back. Okay. Here. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of manufacturers like Safety Harbor Firearms. SHF is a quintessential family-owned small business totally representative of the American dream. Safety Harbor Firearms is a Florida-based manufacturer of the compact entry stock and the SHTF 50 upper for an AR-15 lower. Also, SHF happily delivers on your Sten Gun parts needs. So don't forget to check out StenParts.com and SafetyHarborFirearms.com. Okay, let's see. And here we go. All right, so um, I know we're we're at the 9 o'clock hour, so we're going to start wrapping it up here. I did want to get a comment from Cruzman that pertains to, the, to this whole situation in Uvalde that we were talking a little bit about here. He says lots of pro-police YouTubers are defending the Uvalde cops. Um, you know, <laughs> I could tell you something. I'm not anti-cop. I, I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, you could put me in the category of being uh, pro-cops. You know, I just think that in lots of cases in America, we have too many cops. They're not well vetted. And the professionals uh, amongst the cops out there are not properly compensated for the work that they do. So I wish we had less cops, better trained and better vetted. You know, um, which is the opposite of what we have in a lot of places. But I'm, I myself am not anti-cop. However, I think in a situation like what happened in Parkland, what happened in Uvalde and other places where you see whoever it was, whether it was a sheriff's department or a police department, if you respond to a school and it says elementary school out there or high school or kindergarten, you've got no reason to not go into that thing. And yeah, I would have no love for those cops for whatever reason that they came up with that they didn't go in there so uh, right. I don't know what you think about that Paul I feel the same way in fact I'm I do fancy myself as being a uh, you know pro law enforcement to a certain degree I also make the distinction in many of my videos that um, every trade has its scumbags its corruption and it's really good people um, mm-hmm. the law enforcement community is not immune to that just like you know, I actually make the distinction that probably not everybody at the ATF is bad, but <laughs> I get checked on that every single time I say that. So I'm just trying to be open minded about we've, it. We've had, a, we've had an ATF agent on here. Uh, his okay. name is Vince. He's a former ATF agent. And um, yeah, every time I have him on, people get really mad. But he's not he's not like the current ATF agent. And there's a right. difference. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was very critical of the Uvalde people. And the main reason why is because, like you, I've, I've got a son, man. I mean, if my mm-hmm. kid's in there mm-hmm. and you're not letting me go in there, what, are you going to shoot me in the back? Because I'm going in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be a hero. I mean, my life, I, I don't know if your viewers know, but I have a special needs son. Our life literally revolves around that child. Mm-hmm. Where I'm sitting at in my studio, I literally built this thing overlooking my entire backyard with the pool and everything so I can see everything from where I sit so that I can watch over him when he's in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine being outside that school knowing that my son was in there, whether he had been shot or not or whether I knew or not. Yeah. Whether you're armed or not. Even even if exactly. I was unarmed, I would want to go in there. I don't exactly. think because I'm armed that I'm a badass and I'm going to do some nope. freaking uh, Jason Bourne type shit. But yep. I would rather die and get in front of a bullet before it hits my kids if I can possibly do that. Exactly right. And and I, I, I don't think any of us are trying to act like badasses whenever we say that. I think it's just like a... Um, it's a parental thing. It's, you know, that connection you have to your child. It, it's not you being a superhero. I don't want to get shot, but I could not live with myself if I stood outside and my son never came out of that building alive. I don't. And I'm going to say this, and I don't know if this gets anybody in trouble. Somebody will take their own life from that situation. I honestly believe that. I don't see how and I'm not hoping they do. But I don't see how they live with themselves because I couldn't. I could not know that I let other people's children or one of mine uh, perish in there knowing that they were the last one that got shot. And I got there 30 minutes before he was shot. I, mm-hmm. I think people will take their own lives. Um, Just go in. This. I mean, I know. Look, yeah, you know, it's easy to say, but there's kids in there. I don't like I don't right. know what else we need to know. If there's That's a possibility right. that there's one kid in there, you go in. It's better. It's better for ten adults, a hundred adults, you know. Well, to, to, I, to, I mentioned that know. on my video, not to cut you off, but that mm-hmm. you you point out something exactly what I talked about in that video that they literally had a little girl who called nine one one five times the entire time this was going on. Luckily, she was never shot. She made it out. So for them to say that we felt like everybody in there was safe, that's why we didn't send anybody in. This girl was literally calling you from that room, telling you that there were people still alive in that room, in the same room the killer was in. Yeah. Hold. Here's what I would say, man. The argument is BS. Yeah. To people in this situation, you know, it's, it's the worst thing in the world, but hold people accountable. Hold people accountable. That's what you need to do. You know, the people who who are in these towns where this happened, uh, and and it happens everywhere, you know, it happens everywhere. Uh, My kids are still in school. They're in college. And um, these things happen in colleges. You know, my my son goes to a college where this happened uh, already in the very not-so-distant past. So you have to hold people accountable, all right? Yep. I get it what the Supreme Court said about cops and they're not obligated to do anything. You have to hold people accountable. We saw that there were parents here who were like, I don't care what you're going to do, we went in. We know there were parents who they restrained and did stuff to and kept them from going in. So 
hold people accountable. That's really what's important. Don't get caught up in the hype of all of this. You know, we're not going to fix this problem unless we actually face it, figure out right. what it's ha why it's happening, figure out the things that we can do. And we have to put multiple layers in front of this. But blaming an inanimate object for what a human being does, I think we all know it here that it's the most it's actually it's actually a sign of insanity to take an inanimate object and blame that for what human sentient human beings do even the the broken and twisted ones right that's right yeah so listen i'm gonna uh i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap this up because i know you do have okay. stuff to do um armament and axis said that uh he, what he's gonna do is read the book and do a review and all that kind of stuff on his channel he wanted to awesome me, me to let you know that um yep. i would say make sure you tag paul on social media or something like that what, um, what's his uh handle on he YouTube is uh, he's armament armament and axis and this yeah, so armament and then the ampersand or the and sign, axes a x e s. He he's a, he does music and he does gun stuff. I got you. So, I'm gonna yeah. go follow him. Yeah, and he's been a supporter of us for a very long time here. Um, okay. So I I just wanted to say this one. We're not gonna have a show tomorrow. We'll be back next week. Um, you know, I really appreciate you, Paul, taking your time in. Um, you're one of the most genuine people that I know in this thing Thank that you. we do there's lots of good folks out there i'm not trying to say anything uh subliminal to anyone paul is genuinely one of the best folks that i know out here every time i interact with him whether it's over something like this or in person he's an awesome person uh you guys know that lots of people know that in the gun community because they support him if you're not aware of who he is i really would ask you guys to follow him support him uh encourage him there's a lot of things that lots of us are going through right now and we need to know that we've got you guys support and uh for myself and lola thanks so much for coming on the show uh for the folks out there where do you want them to go how do you want them to support you how can they communicate with you well obviously uh i've been having a website for a long time and i trimmed it way down it's legally kind of like funnels you to wherever you're going to go, but any social medias. I mean, YouTube is obviously where I have my larger following and any support for the book. Uh, believe me, I'm not getting rich by doing it. It's more of a labor of love than anything else. And uh, it feels good to get the message out there. So how to make a monster.com obviously is a good place. Absolutely. And you know, man, I, I hope I don't have to say it again, but there's nothing wrong with these guys, guys like Paul legally armed America and other folks out there in our community. There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, getting something back for what they're doing. I think that, you know, uh, it takes a lot to do this. It takes you away from your family and your friends and all the other things you care about, and including making money, right. <laughs> you know, which is very yep. important to human beings in order to do this. So um, I appreciate it. Lola says it's always a pleasure to hang out with Paul, and, he, and she says thank you for everything that you do. Um, go ahead. Did you want to say something? No, I was just going to say the same back to you and Lola. I mean, I always enjoy visiting with you guys off, off camera and all that. Absolutely. Lola's putting the link in here. We're going to put this up on YouTube and everywhere else. I'm going to run in the end, Paul. Stay right there. I want to come back, and I want you to get the last words here and leave the folks out there with some words of wisdom. I'm going to run the end in right now. All right. And where the hell is it? Here we go. All right, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us here on the show. We're going to rip the audio out of this and throw it up on iTunes and all the other places that you can get your audio podcasts from. And let's
let's see, where am I? Here we go. Uh, so make sure you check those out. We're part of the Firearms Radio Network as well. And I appreciate everyone uh, taking the time to be here with us, especially, uh, you know, get this book, Paul Glasgow, How to Make a Monster and Why No One Cares. Lola put the link up there. Uh, I think it's a it's a good read. You can you can get it and share it with folks out there. Paul, last words to you, man. Words of wisdom. Uh, the biggest point I want to make about this book, because I know a lot of people just they don't want to hear just somebody spouting their opinions. I just want to stress that there are 250 something footnotes in this. So this is a research book. One of the biggest things that I wanted to take away from this book when I wrote it was I wanted it to be kind of a handbook that if you find yourself in a debate or an argument with an anti-gun person, you've got some pretty good tools in here to uh, basically debunk anything they come at you with because it's research. And I will tell you the one thing that has happened since August of last year when I put this book out, everyone that has said something negative about what I've said and I refer them to a footnote they have never responded back to me after that because I proved to them that I'm using, in fact, some cases, their own websites to give data and facts out there that support everything that I write in this book. Absolutely. Well done. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. We're out of here. We'll see you guys. Stay right there, Paul. I'm going to, I got to press a whole bunch of buttons.